everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. This is a very special international version. It is. Ooh. And by international, I mean, you know, we're pretty much international in that, like, people in three countries listening to us, right? You know? yes. Well, maybe four, if you count Canada. We <laughs> yeah, got our, the, good yeah. old, our good old USA people, yes. the majority of our crowd. And then our second biggest crowd is probably in the UK. It is. And then, of course, Canada, which is really more like america jr and then uh what's the uh australia oh, australia yeah we have a the lot land of, of uh, land yeah. of criminals that's yep. right yeah it's it is but of course it's funny yeah. all right let me let me okay before, so of course you can get a hold of us at punk.i 77 at gmail or on the facebook group which like on this lonely saturday where everybody's bored there's been a ton of action on there you can tell everybody's just sitting home listening to records so join us on those those things so oh, also instagram even though we don't you know we don't talk about the instagram too much we do have an instagram presence and uh, i i actually posted I never on there today yeah i know you don't and i sometimes i have to check the messages because some somebody sent us a message like three weeks ago you know giving us an album or something so i have to check that more regularly but yeah punctual i die is on instagram so you can put there you stuff go. on there too so neil our guest today is from from your homeland and matter of fact not only from your homeland but literally like almost the same city right is uh, it the same it, it it's a really funny story right so all right i'll um, tell you what i'm gonna let you yeah i'll tell you what neil my intros suck they're famously horrible no they're fine they're all good to give you a chance to do an awful intro go ahead <laughs> go ahead my friend i'm gonna sit back and drink my vodka at three o'clock in the afternoon all right well so today we're going to be talking to the uh singer and i think founding member is that right jace of uh jeffrey yep. oikot yeah so, so, so jeffrey oikot is uh yeah. a british punk oi i mean how would you describe yourselves uh jason i mean i'd say oi like a parody you call yourselves like a parody or yeah um no i mean the songs are light-hearted yeah some of them have got a serious underbelly but um you know we rehearse as hard as any other bands and yeah, musically, the musically the it's the same as other bands. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't just... mean the parody to be disparaging. Because as a matter of fact, today I was at my son's house just doing some, helping him with some light carpentry work because you know I don't have enough of my own crap to do, so I go <laughs> help my son. And we were listening to it in the background, and if you, I wasn't really hearing the words, and it really just does. So, it sounds like straight up, you know, a straight up boy band. So. So you if go. you're not paying attention to the lyrics, it kind of just blends in with, or not blends in, but you know, it could be, you know, you could listen to it side by side with The Last Resort or Cockney Rejects or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Okay. All right. You know, I'll, 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 I swear, I'm not going to step all over you. I'm, I'm stepping back. <laughs> so, okay. So the thing about this band and the reason they came to my attention probably about two or three years ago is because, uh, I mean, I'm a, cricket's my favorite sport. And Tom, you knew that, right? So, um, now, Jeffrey Boycott... I guess I assumed it was football, actually, but okay. No, no, no. Cr cricket... I mean, I love football, but cricket takes it for me. Um, so Jeffrey Boycott was a very famous uh, batsman for England in the late 60s and almost all the 70s going into the 80s. And um, so seeing a band that took its name from... Uh, and he's actually probably, outside of Alan Knott, he's probably my favorite cricketer as well of all time. So seeing a band that took its name from my favorite sporting figure, I was interested immediately. And um, so I, I listened to them a little bit and I reached out to them on Facebook uh, probably six months ago now, something like that, right, Jace? Uh, funnily enough, Jay, so Jason is a singer and uh, a founding member, and he writes back to me. And of all things, even though they're based in Leeds, which is up north, uh, probably about an hour away from where I live, um, or did live, 
it turns out that Jace is actually from my hometown. Not only that, not only, not only is he from Wallasey, but he went to school with one of my best friend's younger brothers. So uh, it's just a complete coincidence all the way down so the line. you guys went to the same high school and everything. You were just a few years Yeah, apart. we went to the same like middle that. school, but obviously at different times. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, different high schools, actually. I went to Henry Mills and he went to Mosslands, who were our big arch enemies, right? Which one Which one of you was on the wrong side of the track, so to speak, if you're familiar with that American euphemism? Probably Mosslands, actually. Because the school I went to used to be called the Wallasey Grammar School, I think. And then in the in the eighties, it became something called Henry Mills. Um, even though mine was probably in a tougher area because it was Lee So Morton, Definitely. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The yeah, middle yeah. school was slap slap bang in the middle of those two schools. It was, and that that was rough. Yeah, it's it's funny me trying to explain that to people these days. Uh, it, but it was man, Lisa was rough back in the day, right? In the in the mid seventies, mid to late seventies, it was yeah. it wasn't a fun school to go to. But uh, but so yeah, so we have all these all these things in common. It's really weird. And when I found out that he was so my best friend in England, and actually a friend of the podcast is a uh, Vosi Mark Vos. You probably see it in post from time to time, Mark, uh, Tom. Yep, yep. And uh, so his younger brother Chris, I think he's only younger by like three four years maybe um so yeah i mean i've known chris for ever since i've known mark really you know he used to hang out with us because he was you know you always want to hang out with your older brother and stuff right Mm -hmm. and do what he does so uh yeah i've known chris for ages so to hear that you were friends with him as well that was just uh that was just really weird (laughs) right yeah totally yeah so um when did you leave wallacey because obviously you live in leeds now so when when did you leave uh 85 Okay, what, to go to college or something? Yeah. Where'd you go? Leeds. <laughs> oh, you did? You went to Leeds, what, Leeds Uni or Leeds Poly or whatever? Leeds Leeds Uni to study maths. Oh, okay. Did you did you graduate from there or did you leave early or something? Somehow. Somehow. That's good. That's good. So how often do you get back to Wallasey? Um, not as often as I'd like. Maybe six or seven times a year. Family still there? Yeah, my dad's still in the same house. Where does he live? Green Lane. Green Lane. All right, that's funny. My best friend in... 200 uh... metres from the, the scene of the murder on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I told you about that, Tom, right? That was fucking crazy for England. It was a drive-by shooting at my local. With, really? a, with a machine gun. Yeah, with a machine, machine gun. No, no kidding. Yeah. I mean... Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, just this year you're talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 this yeah. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve at like 10 to midnight or something, right? Yeah, I woke up to that on Christmas Day and it was like, whoa, you know. Where did they, going I there wonder tomorrow. how they got the machine gun. It's like a huh. modified machine gun of some description. Huh. Yeah, which is really, well, I mean, obviously it's really unusual in England outside of London or something like that. You know, not a, not yeah. that much gun crime. Well, it is know. funny, right? Because that's like a huge shocker to you guys. We call that, you know, Tuesday. Yeah, especially in Chicago. Neil's in, Chica- Neil's in Chicago. They kill more people every weekend than there is in the entire country of Great Britain in a year. <laughs> no shit. But so, if you meet people in Chicago, you'd want to kill a lot of them too, trust me. So, oh, I love Thanks. Chicago. It's a great city. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? It is. Yeah. It is. See, um, but just 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 to give this some context, <clears throat> the pub where this happened, <clears throat> the lighthouse, that was my local when I when I lived there, and you know, and when we first started getting into punk and stuff, because uh, mm-hmm. 
let's see, there's probably four or five pubs in the village there, and but each mm-hmm. one back then had its own uh, its own clique, right? Uh, the Black Horse was where all the sweats went, all the heavy metal bikers and stuff went yeah. to the Black Horse. Farmer's Arms was where all, all the posh rugby players went. The Nelson was where all the disco guys went. Yeah, the, the Cheshire, the yeah, the Soul Place, yeah. So the Cheshire Cheese was supposedly where where uh, gay folks went, and I, I never found, really know if that was true or whether it was just a rumor. But um, <laughs> that was a rumor. Yeah, but but the Lighthouse was it was just where the old men went. So that's where we used to go because there wasn't very many punks in the village, right? So we just used to go to the Lighthouse because uh, it was nice and quiet. So to see the Lighthouse splattered across the national news on Christmas Day was just that was absolute insanity to me right yeah i mean i mean i know now it's become probably the most popular pub in the village right all the youngsters go there now but it's very different than it used to be but uh anyway that was uh that was weird so anyway getting on to the band um so you moved to leeds in 85 when did you when did you actually start playing music and stuff start playing music yes we did a short-lived Jerry Halliwell tribute band in about 2003 um, called Jerry's Kids. <laughs> Not the famous uh, hardcore That's band out of Boston. Boston. Not yeah. either of the famous hardcore bands because obviously the other band from the other band from Texas or somewhere. Well, I don't know. I know the Boston one. Yeah, the Boston yeah. one's so the one we, I know. Yeah. So, There's another okay. one as well. So we were a tribute band, but we, none of our songs were their songs or anything. We had our own songs, but um, after about six practices, the drummer who'd been in lots of sort of more famous um, thrash and hardcore bands around the UK, he decided to leave. Uh, probably didn't like my vocal style or the fact that my songs weren't particularly political and uh, the band imploded and then it took two or three years for me to get going again with another band. Um, so we kind of, you know, in th- in theory, I hate football because talking about football, if you're in an annoy band, get takes you into bizarre places, if you like. It does. So we always agreed that, like, let's keep football out of it let's concentrate on the cricket and darts and any other sports, but let's keep keep football out of it. We, we kind of formed in 2006 in a pub in Leeds called the Royal Park, which is in the student area where I used to live for till about 10 years ago. And uh, we were just watching the World Cup all the time, three of us, and we decided we should we should do a band and we'd, we'd look for a drummer. And the other two were arguing about who should be the guitarist. And neither of them wanted to be the bass player. And uh, and that's kind of how we formed. And then we were, we were all particularly drunk one night and we all blame each other, but someone came up with the name. I think it's a good name. <laughs> well, it got us, it got us a record deal. The guy from Boss Tunage who we, a couple of us knew through other avenues. So he didn't know who he was writing to. He wrote and offered us, a, a, like, I'll put your records out on the strength of the name. Wow. We hadn't recorded at that point and he'd never even seen us. So, so it was a real shot in the dark. 
Boy, the... that's a guy who uh, a guy who doesn't value his dollars very much, huh? <laughs> well, maybe. Well, when he put well, out, I mean, the turned, I'm sure it turned out fine, but it was his best-selling record of the year. So that's yeah, funny. Well, we I'm, paid I'm, him. It, no, it's strange though, right? Like that's funny. So. Not so. I, I'm gonna assume that you did bands when you were younger too, right? You didn't just no. start. Did no, you play I in the my 80s? first gig when I was 39? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh no, kidding! You didn't play in bands when you were a kid. Huh. No, no one would have me. <laughs> Quite clearly, just untapped talent that they didn't know anything about. You know. There you go. I mean, you were so talented that you got signed without ever recording a demo. That's amazing. <laughs> That's, it's like a phenom. <laughs> Well, so I think, what, yeah. thinking what, yeah, the first what, band I did, which the Jerry's Kids band, I probably established that I could. Good thing. I, I was reasonable at keeping time within a within a band as a singer. Gotcha. So that maybe like made me think I should do this again with another band and whatever, because some of my friends who were in other bands who've gone all over the world, they could never keep time as singers. So it was, you know, at least <laughs> meant like maybe yeah. And then one of the guys who was in our band for 10 years, he joined a few years after we'd formed. And he said he the first, because he played the first gig we played and he really liked my voice. So he said he'd like to be in a band with me at some point. And then when we were looking for another member, he joined the band on the strength of the voice. So oh, there you there go. You know. Yeah. You know, why don't we, we better stick a song in there. We, we that, it's going to be my, my job today is going to be to try to keep us to put a song in every, uh, Oh, I don't know. Ten minutes or so. No, so that's fine. So the first album was uh, the first thing you recorded was it for Boss Tunage? So was that the good, the yeah. bad, and the googly? Was that the first album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so how come on on Discogs? Why does that say that's on X Fist Records? It doesn't say Boss Tunage. Okay, so maybe that's the bit that maybe is the missing link of the story of him op- in offering us this this deal was he had. He's had quite a few offshoot labels over ah. the years. He's been a label for 20 on 25 years or something. I don't know, maybe more, 30 years doing DIY punk of all descriptions. And he started this label, and the first release was this kind of fake straight edge band that he, I think he was in, in Lincolnshire, like in the 80s or 90s. Hmm. And he was kind of looking for other bands that might suit the label. It ended up being more just his kind of street punk label for a while. There's only about seven releases on that label, of which three are us and two are Homebrew. And one of Homebrew's now our drummer. So it kind of, we're all part of the X Fist family. Okay. So, In fact, I think The Magnificent might have been on that um, label too. And they were a kind of. A Leeds band who started as a rancid tribute band hmm. just for like a one-off gig became a band and then they were like big mates with the bomb who you'll obviously know yeah yeah chicago and yep. did a lot of touring with those guys hmm. so they're obviously not just doing the rancid thing anymore um so of the songs you picked today was anything is anything off the good the bad and you googly uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, tell you I what. Picked, I should have picked one off there. We'll p- play. Uh, I don't know. Pictures of lilies are good. That's our opening track live, usually. So okay. So this is Jeffrey Oikart with pictures of Lily. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was the first one from Jeffrey Oikot today. That was Pictures of Lily. And, okay, so explaining that a little bit. So um, they took the name after a famous cricketer. And lots of their song titles are... um, Jeez, how to explain it? Uh, Obviously, Pictures of Lily is a famous Who song, right? But uh, Dennis Lily was a famous Australian fast bowler in the 70s and 80s. And so pictures of Lily. So there's lots of like double entendres and, and jokey song titles and stuff, right? So even though musically they're, uh, you know, they're, they're right there with all the other punk bands, you know, they do have a lot of humor in the lyrics, right? Do, do you write all the lyrics, Jace? Yeah. Uh, our old bass player wrote like two songs when we were really, really trying to get songs written fast about, 12, 13 years ago, he, he contributed with uh, War, most of War of the Roses and I was Monty's double, but other than that, I've written all the lyrics. Okay. And and so you, you strive for humour, right? That's what you wanted to do. You wanted to be not, not funny, I guess, but... I guess, I, guess, I guess to use an English expression, we felt snookered because once we came up with the band name and then we were literally like falling off our seats coming up with 
concepts for song titles and what the songs would be about and it's kind of like misdirection if maybe you know so a song that sounds like it might be another song isn't that song a song that maybe sounds like it's going to be about something sexual tends not to be about what it's supposed to be about so there's a lot of like say double entendres yep. misdirection and i don't really want it to alienate people if they don't understand cricket but i guess inadvertently it kind of does sometimes well sometimes i think it works on but on two levels well it so, certainly helps it certainly helps right to understand cricket but if a song's catchy a song's catchy it doesn't matter yeah i mean i'm not expecting people to i mean i mean I, one of my favorite bands is 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 the skids and my favorite song by them still into the valley and i only know about three of the words in that in that song because <laughs> they don't make any fucking sense anyway <laughs> Richard Richard Chapso's out of his damn mind. I don't know what the hell he was singing about most of the time. So, but a great you know, band. The lyrics are the lyrics, and you kind of make your own version of the lyrics up anyway. Yeah. The, the, Neil, I don't know if you remember that famous advert for with that BASF tapes. That was maybe after you'd left, but it was BASF a BASF tapes, and there was a guy doing the sort of uh, Bob Dylan placard thing. Okay. He did it to Into the Valley. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And it was all just, everything just completely wrong. Tom, do you know that song at all? Into the Valley by the Skids? It's probably the I do ma- not. most famous, it's probably the Skids' most famous song, I, really, I would say. You know, say. it's funny, I know, the Sk- I know the Skids are, obviously, and I know that the guy went, like, it's, it's this guy who left to go to do Big Country, right? The guitar player? Yeah, rest in peace, too. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with them, but I don't really know them. They they never really had a, a much of an American presence, probably because... I don't know. They just never made it big over here. Well, like my top five bands. Yeah, and like he says, uh, musically they were great, but lyrically, uh, Richard Jobson, you know, call him a poet or whatever you want, but the lyrics made absolutely no sense at all. Were they more like pretentious? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Nonsense. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think, Jace? Pretentious or nonsense? (laughs) A bit of both. Bit of both, Defo. Yeah. Well, because I I think what Jace does is really, it requires a certain level of skill. Oh, for sure. Because to have that double entendre where a song is funny on its face but also makes a point and it's below the surface, that's not super easy to do. It's kind of easy to do one or the other, but to do both at the same time is not, you know, like yeah. our. Like, you know, we, there's a lot of great, you know, a lot of great bands do that. You know, where it's it's funny on the surface, but there's a serious point underneath. So it's it's you know, I think that's a little trickier than just running nonsensical poetry or something real linear so agreed so this is like what into the valley betrothed and divine uh, something about virtue I, I don't even remember the next lines to that song it's about it's like a po- it's like it's a about his remember. friends nice going one. to join the army and people dying in wars is it but i think a lot, a lot of his songs are about that wow i've had that on white vinyl since it came out and i didn't know that was what it was about that's pretty funny. Well, they play all the time, and I, I've met him many times. He's, and live, he's one of the greatest. I mean, he's in his sixties, and he's as fit as he's as fit as anybody. He's still doing. He's, is he still doing that kick dance? Yeah, yeah. And he's 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 still hard as nails as well. Yeah. And he's a proper gentleman, though. He's he, he's fucking ace, to be fair. Yeah, you saw them not so long ago, right? Yeah, I see him all the time. I probably saw him six or seven times last year. 
So who were they? Wow. Is, is, is he the only original member now? Yeah. So it wasn't quite like the guitarist left to, to join Big Country. The guitarist had already left, and then mm. a couple of years later, they he came back as Big Country with uh, Bruce um, Watson, and then um, obviously he he committed suicide. Um, 22 years ago Jesus. or whenever it was. Been that oh, was it that recently? Jesus, I thought yeah. it was longer than that. Okay. Maybe no. it's longer than that. Yeah, in the actually you're right. It was in the probably in the late nineties. And then they've they what happened was they kind of came back to do sort of memorial gigs uh on maybe two occasions. So he had like an old drummer of the skids, the original bass player of the skids, and no guitarist. And he got the guitarist out of Big Country to be his guitarist. The other one, yeah. The other guitarist, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Watson. And now, as a full band, again, full-time band, Bruce is doing um, Big Country without Stuart, and he's replaced Stuart in Big Country, and his son Jamie is also in both bands as well. Okay. And I think the bass player now, because the bass player of the skids, I guess what happens is that it's kind of difficult for people uh, who've had normal lives for 30-odd years to commit to being in in these bands for all this time, whereas Jobbo's been kind of... He used to be like... He used to do... You know the film programme on BBC One? What would he used they re- to do, like, review movies and stuff? Yeah, he used yeah. to do the equivalent on Sky for a couple of years, and he's been a model, and he's done this, and he was hmm. married to Mariella Frostrop, who's quite famous, and he's he's always been in and around the entertainment industry. He's been a mu- uh, TV um, movie director. Wow. Uh, movie producer. Uh, he's, so he's done a lot of stuff. So he's always been constantly creative whereas i guess the other guys i think the guitarist had like um, a tobacconist shop or something or a news agents in glasgow or edinburgh or something and it's like you know you, you're pulling someone out of that and then yeah it must be quite difficult to do it full time and maybe they weren't earning enough money for it to be a, a permanent job but yeah the two guys who were in the band have now ceased to be in the band for whatever reason so but they're, they're playing all the time. They've got their second comeback album of new stuffs coming out in a few months' time as well. Okay. Yeah, that, that that one they released a few years ago was actually a pretty damn good album. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. But anyway, getting back to you guys. Um, so, Did you ever play with the Skids? There's, there's a question. Yes. Oh. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was probably... The one band, the big, the if I had a list of ten bands that I desperately wanted to play with, they're on that list. Um, so to play with them was pretty, pretty big deal for me. Who was number one on the list on your list? <laughs> the Damned. We'd never played with them yet. But you went, to, you went to see. Oh, so, so I know we're getting off on a tangent here. But you went to see them do their. Uh, they had their all original members lineup gig a oh, yeah. couple months ago, right? How was that? Yeah. It was it was incredible and, and the so, so apparently Brian had just had his hip replaced hmm. so he was a bit like standing in one spot yeah yeah Captain was a bit subdued because maybe because 
it wasn't really all about him when he was playing the bass. Uh, it was great to see Rat Scabies playing drums for the first time. I don't know when the last time I seen him play. Oh, no, we played with him and Brian one time about 10, 12 years ago or something. But um, the, the real star of the show was Dave Vanian. He was just was like a man possessed. He was all over the place. It was hmm. absolutely fantastic. You know, this crooner who sort of stands there and doesn't say a right lot between the songs. Yeah. Was going was off his off his face. It was just all over the place. It was absolutely brilliant. Now, did they just do first first and second album, or did they do a yep. combination yep. of stuff? Okay. No, just just the stuff that that four piece oh, um, cool. worked on. Yeah. Excellent, excellent stuff. Huh, that's cool. Okay. I saw them. They did the whole Machine Gun Etiquette album, which was really good too. But mm -hmm. only only the two originals. Yeah. So. Hmm. <laughs> So, uh, so you did that first album, uh, yeah. And how, so, how many albums have you done? Have you done four or five? Four. You've done four. Okay. So that first one was in like two thousand eight, something like that. Is that right? Yeah. It kind of. It's the usual stuff. Whereas if if we'd done it ourselves or whatever, it it actually came out in two thousand and seven. But the way things kind of work or worked back then, that he gave us he had to give a date and there's always that um, unknown about when you're actually going to get the vinyl delivered and all that. So he, he gave an official release date of like Easter 2008, but we were selling the vinyl Christmas 2007. So hmm. that's like, it, we had the, we had an LP out within a year of, of our first gig. That's pretty so cool. That, that's pretty good. And yeah. And, 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 and to, a common theme with you guys is your album covers are uh, taken off of other more famous albums, right? So the first one, Good, the Bad and the Googly, the album art and stuff is taken right from the first Foreskins album, right? The Good, the Bad and the mm -hmm. Foreskins. So, uh, yeah. And uh, a Googly, Tom, a Googly is a, a type of uh, a type of delivery in cricket. So like a, like a curveball or something in, in baseball. Huh. Also known as a bong. Yeah, wrong then. Yeah. So it sounds the the physical act sounds like the word itself. It's a googly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't quite know where that where I that, have a vision of what that means. Yeah, where it even comes from. And so yeah, we'll be probably be talking a lot of cricket things and I'll try and explain them as best I can. Um the the batsman Jeffrey Boycott, where the name of the band comes from. Uh Tom, who would be a who would be a uh baseball player who would uh What's the what's the guy that that comes up first? What's he like, called? Oh, leadoff hitter. Lead leadoff hitter. Yeah. So, um, imagine usually he's fast. Usually he's fast more than a power hitter, right? Yeah. You, well, that's definitely. So that's definitely definitely Jeff, Jeffrey Boycott. He'd be man. He'd bat all day because one of the big differences between cricket and baseball is once you hit it, you don't need to run if you don't want to. So you can you can block all day if you want, and that's what Jeffrey used to like dull the other the other team's attack by uh, just blocking a lot. And he was known for you know he'd score a lot of singles and doubles. So I don't know who the who the baseball equivalent that would be uh, that would hmm. be that would be doing that. Just hitting a lot of singles, super dour, very uh, very but opinionated. That's, that's the lead. That's the lead hitters. They usually just have a real high percentage of getting on, right? Yeah. Like usually your highest percentage guy is your leadoff hitter or right up there. And he's got to be speedy. 
So I'm just I'm trying to think who the equivalent would be in baseball of someone. But I know was... so little about cricket that I can't even really picture what you're talking about. So, well, so Tom, in baseball, yes. does the ball get soft as the game goes along? I think they use so many balls over the course of a game that if there's any kind of a change in the ball, they just bring a new ball in. Ah, okay. I, I, so I think they use like cricket, 100 balls in a game or something like super okay, like that. Yeah. So in, in cricket, the ball has to last um, 70 overs of six balls. So that's 420 balls bowls with the same ball before it gets changed. So if it like starts falling apart, it, they just keep using it? Well, it doesn't fall apart, but it... It has it has kind of uh, periods of doing different things where it swings more in the air, but at the huh. beginning of the game it's super fast because it's smaller, sure. it's perfectly and hard. hard, yeah, hard, yeah, yeah, and and so the opening batsman has to have a you know a specific sk- skill set and be huh. maybe more mentally uh, tough for that kind of you know he's there at the beginning of the innings and it's going to be hit coming down at ninety mile an hour and you know. Neil, next time I'm at your place, we might have to watch a cricket game for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 Jeffrey Jeff was always also known for being super outspoken. He's a typical Yorkshireman, very outspoken and very dour and very old school. So uh, <laughs> I don't know who that would be again in baseball would be a good equivalent of that. But uh, like he was kicked off the air a few years because he was he, you know he's in his seventies, eighties now I think. But so he was doing commentary for the BBC or whatever, and he got kicked off the he got kicked off the air I think because he was. Uh, a lot of people didn't like some of the stuff he was saying, so you know. He's done he... some other stuff that's not been particularly well thought of. He he was in court maybe twenty years ago for for accused of beating up his wife and stuff as well. So that kind of goes with his persona of being this sort of no nonsense Yorkshireman. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because yeah, in this country, if you were accused of beating your wife, you'd lose your job in one second, right? If you're on the air. I don't think you would now. You would now, but I think back in the day, and he kind of yeah. seemed to write. You know, he wrote that. He wrote that story, and he didn't. He didn't get found guilty. And, and uh, yeah, from what I remember, though, I don't think it was his wife. I think it was a French girlfriend he had, and then he was tried in France. And there seemed to be something very dodgy about that whole oh, case. French people are French people are so <laughs> annoying. So I think he got some leniency for that. Uh, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> the judge is like the judge is like. Can I never I, met her. But I sort of want to smack her too. Can I tell you the best story about um, Sir Jeff, as we refer to him, um, that I've ever been told? Because. It, it's funny when you listen to the commentators on cricket, and it might be the same in baseball and whatever, but it's quite apparent that a lot of the commentators, because they're going from you know, one place to the other, and they don't really have m- much of an interest outside of cricket. They, they've been cricket for, since they were 10, and they don't really seem to have any knowledge of anything other than cricket. So, um, so they were on the air, and... Um, Jonathan Agnew, who's another um, commentator, says, oh, I believe, uh, Jeff, that uh, Alice Cooper's in the ground today. He says, all right, OK. So about half an hour later, there's a knock on the commentary box door and uh, Alice Cooper walks into the commentary box with his wife and uh, Agus says to, to Je- Sir Jeff, he says, uh, may I introduce Alice Cooper to you? She goes up to Alice Cooper's wife and says, pleased to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, man. I've never heard that one before. That's great. (laughs) Uh, A lot of Alice Alice Cooper-related 
material the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True enough. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 Sir Jeff boycott, and uh, thankfully he's still he's still kicking. But uh, all right, so uh, let's I tell you what. Let's play another song. Do you have anything off the second album? Let's uh, no one hits. No one hits. All right. Um, so what's this one about? Um, it's about me being brilliant at cricket. <laughs> Is it based no. on boast a hundred percent on on reality? Are you are you a batsman or a bowler? Definitely a batsman. You are okay. All right. Definitely so the bowler's like the pitcher. The bowler's like the pitcher, and the batsman's like a hitter. batter. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even though they call it bat, they don't call them batsmen these days, do they? They just they just call them batters, and that really annoys me. Hmm. But, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, is it like so a is it like a political crisis? Which uses the word batter in the title that's yet to come, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, is you that do. Like you used to get saved by the fireman, but now you get saved by the firefighter. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I haven't met a firefighter that can lift me out of a burning building yet. I need firemen, <laughs> and probably several. Yes. <laughs> a big, a big guy for sure. Yeah, exactly. So okay, so no one, no one hits. So okay, so now that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, we'll listen to the song and then we'll talk about this. So yeah, this is "No One Hits" by Jeffrey Oikot. <laughs> Oh, 
right, no one hits by Jeffrey Oikot. Uh, so this album cover, it's a piss take of a greatest hits album from the 70s. Tom, you used to have like, in the 70s, you'd have like KTEL albums, right? Well, they sure. they just throw like greatest hits on or whatever. So did they like advertise them on the television like they did here? Um, yeah. yeah, they did. And every so these they used to have these greatest hits, uh, and even top of the pops would would there be compilation albums and stuff. But they'd also they'd always have like it would always be like a really cheesy cover with like the names of the songs on the left or something and the title on on top, and then some like half naked girl or something on the right hand side because it was the seventies, right? So. Um, this Jeffrey Oikot album, No One Hits, they've basically done it up to be like that. And it's a, it's a girl in like a cricket outfit and stuff. And so it looks like it says number one hits, but it's no one so that's, hits. So that's kind of the joke. So yeah. the title of the album came first. So I was just toying around with things. And I so those those albums you're referring to are the Top of the, Pop, Top of the Pops albums. So worse than them being KTEL compilations, these are compilations whereby none of the original artists are actually on the record. Oh, that's right. They're all, yeah. they're all just, they're all just uh, studio musicians and studio singers doing versions of, you know, Rivers of Babylon and so it's like Hotel kids California. Bop. Like kids bop, <laughs> kids you know, bop. right? Like they have those yeah, like they pop songs and have little kids. <laughs> yeah, kind of. There's about, there's about 100 of these records, though, and people actually collect them now. You know, you see, used to see them in charity shops all the time, in the thrift stores, and and they're, they're now collectible. Freaking hipsters! It's got to be hipsters, so, right, Neil? So no yeah, I came sure. up with this title that if we called the album "No One Hits" or "Number One Hits," so it's it's ambiguous whether it's actually called "No One Hits" or "Number One Hits." So we made it look like it was called "Number One Hits." And it's actually a tribute album to ourselves. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, a tribute to Jeffrey Oikard, it's called, yeah. There you At go. At one point, we were going to list famous bands on the back as being the artists. <laughs> <laughs> but I asked a few bands, and they weren't impressed with that idea. <laughs> wonder why not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the title and then the concept for the artwork came first and worked backwards and then that became a song oh very good very good yeah now the funny thing about the normal way you write these things but that's the way it worked in my head at the time and and tom the funny thing about some of those top of the pops albums he was just describing is that obviously 78 79 80 you know, there'd be you know there'd be some pseudo punk bands, you know, some like, some like punk covers, bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. There'd be yeah. So these they'd have these session musicians doing like a Sex Pistols cover or a Stranglers cover. So they'd be doing I, like, a, like a, there'd be like a pop band doing Peaches or something. Yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty vacants on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. So it was like, so I mean, was would it be the equivalent of like elevator music or was it? No, they'd be they'd be doing their best their best attempt at a version. So it would of the have song. the raunchy like the raunchy guitars and all that. I mean. I mean, yeah. you can't just get some studio guy like, I am an anti-Christ. I mean, it had to be terrible, right? I mean, there's no way that you could do Johnny Rotten Justice by some actual good singer. I 
never heard that version, so I, I don't I don't know. I can't oh, I can't boy. speak to that, but I, I know they had like blonde. Next thing you know, Neil's blondie. gonna be putting pictures online, he's gonna start collecting these things. This is gonna plant a seed in his head all of a sudden. Well I think I am gonna put uh I think I am gonna put some uh some of the sleeves, some of the covers, you know, maybe up on the podcast on the uh on the podcast podcast page or someone like that. That would be kinda of funny. But there was Blondie there ones, there was Boomtown Rats ones, I know yeah. that. Buzzcocks probably. Yeah. Ever fallen in love, I'm sure they did a version of that. Now did they have someone sing and I don't remember. Would were, were they just was it just music or did he have someone singing too? Oh no, people sang on them. Okay. Okay. Yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to try and find that. That sounds pretty fucking fucking good. But you know that um you know Manfred Mann? Yes. Um Paul Jones, the singer. Yeah. So when it came to about 77, 78, and obviously in the UK, everyone was really troubled by the concept of punk rock. Yep. And, you know, people like were tearing things up and being disgusted by it. Paul Jones, because he hated punk so much, recorded Pretty Vacant and Sheena is a punk rocker. Have you got that single? I have not, no. I didn't even, didn't even know about this Manfred Mann business. <laughs> It's bloody awful, is it? <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a big Paul Jones, Stroke Manfred Mann fan as well. So, hmm. do I diddy diddy dum diddy do Neil? Mm. Indeed. Oh, okay. Of course, the biggest hit, of course, was "Blinded by the Light," the Bruce Springsteen pen song, right? That was a little later era, I think. But... Yeah, that was Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Okay, the Earth Band. Okay, was oh, wow. that a different singer then? Paul Jones doesn't sing on that. Oh, okay, I yes. don't think. Did gotcha. did did Paul Jones go on to do anything else? Any other bands or anything? I'm trying to think why I'd know him or not. From Manfred Mann. Okay, well there we go. That's, that's, that's that fair. was pretty much. I was saying a while last last night the uh, the last gig we went to together before the lockdown, COVID lockdown, was the Manfreds playing in Leeds, March nineteen. They can't call themselves Manfred Mann because Manfred Mann was the keyboard player and he's not in the band. All right, let me ask you this. This doesn't make any sense to me. You're younger than me. How yes. the fuck? How the fuck are you into Manfred Manfred Mann's Earth Band for God's sakes? What's up with that? I'm into all sorts of shit, particularly sixties <laughs> shit. I guess seventies was a great decade, though. I Anything say. from Billy Fury onwards, mate. There you go, Billy. Good old Billy. Yeah, yeah. I think I posted his. Uh, I got his one of his ten inch singles actually, uh, and I just posted that on the on the Facebook page not the, so long ago. What was the big guy that was from like pre Beatles guy from Liverpool? That was Billy Fury. Always... Yeah, yeah. Billy, Billy. wasn't there? A, I swear there was another one that was more like a sixties oldies guy that I knew the name of. Billy Fury doesn't sound familiar. Billy Billy That's Fury it. Billy Fury was more fifties. Um, you're probably thinking of uh, Jerry Marsden, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Jerry and the Pacemakers, that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. Yeah, there yeah. You go. Yeah. Billy Fiore's first album, I think there's like one cover on it, and it's like from 1961 or whatever. So ahead of its time in that most bands had a lot of covers on all their albums. It, isn't sure. it supposedly a fact that the Beatles were the first band that recorded a an album with no covers on it? It oh. could be. Even they played a lot of them in the early days, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you have an okay. You've picked another song off of uh, No One Hits, uh, "Glory, Glory, Gary Thompson." Now this one I'm not familiar with. Obviously, lots of the song titles on this are cricket puns. You got uh, instead of "Bat Out of Hell," it's "Cricket Bat Out of Hell." Uh, 
obviously we did pictures of Lily before, um, Dennis Lily that would be, but Gary Thompson I'm not familiar with. What is the what is the who's Gary Thompson? What's that about? Okay, so through my love of darts. Oh, darts. Okay. I was I made friends with some darts players, like semi professional darts players. And one of them is Gary, who's still a good friend of mine. And um, he's about the same age as you, Neil. And I guess had been around as a sort of journeyman pro, uh, journeyman player. He'd played a lot of county darts and Super League and had, had never had any real success. And then had this purple period in his career, um, like maybe 14, 13 years ago, whereby uh, he was playing in the, one of the world championships year after year. Hmm. And the first year he, he qualified, he said to me, you know, uh, I think it's the first time there's four Yorkshire guys there. You should write my walk on music. Oh, wow. And he came up with this idea that we'd write this song about four Yorkshiremen down by the lakeside or whatever. And I'm just like, hey, I thought this was a bit of a, you know, he wasn't being serious because we were probably had, had a few to drink that night. And then um, when I was trying to pitch, a, pitch an idea as to where this would go, I couldn't really come up with any kind of concept really as to how I could make this funny or mm-hmm. it would fit in with anything we're doing. You know, there's, there's other darts-related songs on the, the first album and stuff. Um, so he was keen. So, so he, he played in the first, the first one. He didn't do very well in the second one. He said, right, you're definitely writing me some work on music. I'm fed up with Fat Boy Slim. It needs to be Jeffrey Oycott when I come out on the BBC, on the telly. There, it's going to be a Jeffrey Oycott song. So, we went away and wrote this 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 song for him. So that's his official walk on music, and it was played on the BBC maybe ten times. Cool. And there was like an article on us in the Daily Mail or Mirror or someone, and you know all the stuff that goes with it. And he got to the quarterfinals a couple of times and. You know, he had a bit of a decent. He won. He won some tournaments that likes of John Lowe and Eric Bristow and people like that had won in the eighties. He won them in the sort of two thousands. Okay, because the only darts professional darts players. I mean, obviously, it used to be on TV, Tom, all the time. I don't know if you've ever. That's what I was going to say. Is darts a spectator sport? It is. No, a big one too. Yeah, people. And in, it's in, and a, it, in the good old USA. It's just something we do when we're drinking at the bar. Right? Well, well, that was the funny thing. I don't know if they still do it now, Jace, but I know in the seventies and early eighties when there'd be professional darts. The, the guys would step up to the hockey, throw their three darts, and then they're like down a pint as they before they went before they went back. So it's, like, the bowl, so it's like bowling. The only level sport where that. you could actually smoke while you were doing it back yeah. in the day, and, yeah. and there you go. they'd have a pint in one hand and the darts in the other. Yeah, and yeah all that stuff went on in the in the seventies and eighties, and then darts tried to sort of clean clean up up its image, but it went through that sort of period a little bit like snooker in a way that it kind of lost its its. It's appeal as we, you know, more sports were available and whatever, and it kind of fell off the TV at the beginning of the 90s. But now it's absolutely massive. Hmm. On Sky, it's their second most watched sport behind football. 
Yeah, because it was a very, uh, it was probably judged a very working man's thing was darts and snooker too, right back in the originally, and so yeah, yeah so it came out of like the working men's clubs and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, looking back, yeah, Eric Bristow, I remember was 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 he the crafty Cockney? Was that Eric Bristow? Yeah. yeah so 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 they'd all have almost like it would almost be like wrestling, like they'd have their own shtick, you know. Ah, the heel, um, the heel, and he'd have a good guy. And uh, Jockey Wilson is the other guy I remember. Was he was he Scottish? Jockey Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. So the funny story about that. So Tom, do you know uh, you know Dexy's Midnight Runners, right? Come on, Eileen, mm-hmm. and that. So they had another song. This called... was on telly last night. So oh, there was. Be That's able funny. To give you a bit of an extra insight after you've told the story. Yeah. Go on. So uh, Dexy's had another hit called uh, Jackie Wilson, which was about the soul singer Jackie Wilson, right? Oh, sure, sure. But Top of the Pops were well known for being whoever was doing the production on Top of the Pops. You know, even though it was a pops pop show, whoever was doing the production was clearly very much out of their element, and you know, and didn't really get you know, the kids of today or whatever, right? So um, famously, one of the early soft cell, uh, they have a so- uh, soft cell performances. They actually had them in like a padded cell. They they were very literal. Um, but anyway, the Jackie Wilson thing, they they clearly didn't know that Jackie Wilson was a singer. So when uh, Dexys came on to do the song Jackie Wilson, they actually had pictures of Jockey Wilson, the darts player behind him. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiots didn't understand. Can I assume that Jackie Wilson was a white guy? He was a fat Scots, a fat short Scotsman. Yes. <laughs> so it was revealed last night because I watched a program before I went to bed on Channel Five called Top of the Pops Stories and Scandals, and they reckon that the the true story was they they were going to put a picture up behind because that's what the set looked like back then. Right. And Kevin Kevin Rowlands, for a joke, said, rather than Jackie Wilson, let's have Jockey Wilson. So apparently he instigated it himself. Huh. Not the BBC being... Oh, thick as fuck. Well, I think the other, I think the other story is funnier. And Kevin Rowland is not one known for a sense of humour. I don't think is he. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, but anyway, the Killjoys. Yeah, yeah, that's a good a good single, that, yeah. Maybe we'll play that, Tom, on one of our next shows. Kevin Rowland was in a punk band before he was in Dexys. And, huh. uh, I, I, I knew that he had some punk roots. Yeah, yeah. Songs, uh, the famous single called Johnny Won't Get to Heaven, I think, so we'll play that next Sounds time. Sounds vaguely familiar, okay. Yeah, yeah it's a good song. Brilliant song. Yeah, um, okay, sit. <laughs> we didn't listen to the song yet, did we? I was going to say, have we played this? I'm going to say, now we're time for two songs. But yeah, let's play Glory, Glory, Gary Thompson. Yeah, sorry, sorry to work on that. Yeah, Glory, Glory to Gary Thompson. There you go. See you. 
that was Jeffrey Oikot with Glory Glory Gary Thompson. And uh, yeah, I just, not I, don't, I never heard of him. With, not to be confused with Gary Glitter. Gary, yes, good old. Oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> That's that's Gary with one R. This is Gary with two R's. There didn't, you go. Didn't See, he, didn't he just get out of jail? Didn't I hear that? That he got out of jail recently, Gary Glitter? Someone else mentioned that to me the other day. I've not heard it. but yeah. uh, Just going back to the song, so the way the chorus kind of goes on that, uh, there's another famous Scottish darts player called Gary Anderson. And the first time he won the world championship, the guy went... Glory, glory, Gary Anderson. And I thought, he's defo heard my song. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, it's funny because playing that on the, I mean, you get BBC is a something that like a huge percentage of the population watches. That must have been really, I would assume that'd be really good for you guys getting that type of exposure. You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I was actually there as well at most of these things, singing along to my own song while they're playing it over the PA. So let's That's funny. <laughs> so let's look at a couple of the other uh, song titles from this album because they're all pretty. Fun. See, it's it's all it's all well. It's not all cricket related. There's some obviously some darts related stuff too, and it's uh, there's a lot of. Uh, cheeky uh almost uh, well, post postcard you know uh seaside postcard type humor as well right very some of the stuff's very benny hill i think right some of the double entendres and stuff like you have you have a song title called beefy flaps which you could take <laughs> you could take two ways but uh knowing that a famous cricket player called ian botham his nickname was beefy so I assume that's... From the Wirral. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, he was. He was from our, our way, wasn't he? And he's a sir as well now, isn't he? Sir, I think so. I think so, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but Beefy Flaps could certainly be taken two ways. <laughs> you got one called The Umpire Strikes Back, which is... Uh, yeah, I believe the uh, the mentors used to use a term called Beef Curtains. I don't yes. know if Beefy <laughs> Flaps and Beef Curtains is the same thing. I think... There was, nearly a, there was nearly a lyric called It's All Uncertain as Beefy Curtains. <laughs> that one never made the final version. <laughs> Neil, we're going to play all the songs we play next episode where it's just two of us. We're going to be songs that were inspired by those episodes. We'll do the mentor song where they talk about Beef Curtains also. Beef Curtains, yeah, there you go. Um, another song called War of the Roses, which obviously that was famously English Civil War back in the uh, 16th century. No, 17th century? Um, between Whenever. Uh, yeah, but so it's also a famous cricket thing between Yorkshire and Lancashire. So. I was saying yeah, it was so long the, ago that Neil doesn't That's not what the song's remember. about. The song's about fighting over chocolates on Christmas Day. Oh, for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> I didn't get that at all. So yes, there's some there's a there's some uh, cheapo chocolates that are out in England called uh, roses, right? They're just called roses. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of uh, in jokes here. But so there's be... the misdirection element. Yeah, there, it's perfect. Yeah, very, 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 very good. So it could be about a war, or it could be about the rivalry between Yorkshire and Lancashire. But oh no, it's about fighting over chocolates and whoever whoever loses ends up with the coffee cream <laughs> that was actually one of the only ones i liked it's the coffee cream <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah uh, but when i come round yours I'll, I'll bring a box and then uh, you can eat all the all the ones i don't like with nuts in them and stuff we actually we actually found uh i don't know if they were roses but we had at christmas because you can often find you know some english food in a lot of the grocery stores here and uh we actually found some i don't know if they were roses or something a quality street i think they were quality street yeah. and 
I was like, oh, I have to buy these because they reminded me of of home back in the seventies, right? We sometimes, the... sometimes Neil misses the bland food of home. No, but the, well, and but it's funny we forgot quite how shitty some of this stuff was in the seventies. <laughs> and after eating some of these quality streets, it was like, god damn, that's fucking. <laughs> I, can, I can see why they were like 25p or whatever the hell they were back in the day but uh yeah food's definitely improved in the uk since you left it has no it, it it has and you know going back to talking about the lighthouse pub where, where the shooting was um it, you know back in the day it was just dour old men sitting in the sitting in the bar supping their pints right so they're sipping a pint of mild now almost all the pubs they've all got restaurants in them they're all you know very tvs all over the place uh it's it's very different and like shit going back when i was a kid and this you remember this jace too kids weren't allowed into pubs you had you had to be you had to be over 18 to get in like you, like my mum and dad would take me and my brother. Were women even allowed in the? Pubs no, back? they weren't. They they were not. You're right. Um, when I was a Tom, you'll love this. Room. When I when 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 I was a kid, uh, mum and dad on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, we'll drive we'll drive into Wales and we'll go to a, we'll stop at a pub for lunch. Okay, great. You know, I was ten, whatever I was. My brother was fourteen. We weren't allowed in. We had to sit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and mum and dad would come out like every half hour and bring us like a crisps. bag of crisps. Yep, exactly. Bag of crisps with a lemonade. What, yeah. Did you did you have to drive to Wales because the bars in your village weren't open on Sundays? Or no, was it was it... just nice. It was supposed to be a nice run out for us. <laughs> So, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, this was before cell phones. You and your brother just sat there and stared at each other. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. You know, and then we'd maybe bring a book. Then, for the raid to stop in Wales. Well, exactly. Or we go for we go. Yeah, exactly. We go for a walk in the in the trees. or go up a hot go up more Vama or something. Some go hill. watch the uh, watch the locals having their way with sheep. Yeah, we'd walk up a hill for a couple of hours. Yeah, Mulvama, yeah. yeah, yeah. See all this stuff. All this stuff. He knows exactly what I'm talking about because you know. First guest you've ever had is is had any in, <laughs> inclination what you're talking about, Neil? Yeah, yeah. Again, no one else knows what Mulvammer is for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, the I mean, we all woman. we all know what child neglect is. We can all laugh at that. <laughs> but the, but the funny thing is, we didn't think anything of it, right? No, it was I, just no, it I was just the way it was. You know, we happy days. Yeah, we knew we weren't allowed in, um, and so we just sat it's in the just pub. Funny. Why didn't they just leave you at home? Because it was a family day out. I <laughs> yeah, some family day. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas now, you know, pub pubs are open to everybody. There's little and it's fucking. It, I'll tell you what, it's the worst for it because there's nothing worse than going to a pub and there's some little kids screaming in the fucking corner. I'm I'm sure Jace can appreciate that, right? Defo. Yeah. Yeah. As as a as a person who's never sired any children, defo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a serious drinker too, because I know you're a serious drinker as well. Because that's another well, thing. There's a lot of songs. If you do about. something, you might as well be serious about it. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Apart I mean, from writing lyrics, obviously. Yeah, but that's another thing you're serious about is uh, is drinking, right? I mean, you like your pubs and you like your ale, right? Mm-hmm. Favorite yeah. favorite tip. We're going to talk about the straight edge years now. <laughs> what you were straight edge? Because I never from was. Eighty-eight till two thousand and one. Oh, stop it now! What's wow, matter? that's a good run. What's or a bad with... run, depending how you look at it. I What's guess. What's the matter yeah. with you? What, what, you never what... get any sex during them years, so, <laughs> and uh, and the other straight edges are really dull. So in the end, you have to give up, don't you? <laughs> so were you? So was were you actually part of the straight edge scene and stuff? Were you doing X's on yeah. your hands and that kind of shit? Not really. No. I mean, I, I, I think. I was probably in a bad place when I gave up drinking, which was for the best. But then, um, 
for me, I've always had this real aversion to the idea that a band can be straight edge. It's like you can't have a band that's kind of, you know, you wouldn't all club all the bands together who were left-handed, would you? <laughs> that's true. Everyone in this band's left-handed and we're only going to play with other bands who are left-handed. We're going to lefties, yeah. It's like, what's that all about? Right. How does how does not drinking make you play a guitar in a different way to somebody else? Right. Or make you make you better than everybody else, yeah. Yeah. Well, so who were some of the bands that you were listening to back then? Well, mostly the Discord bands. Yeah. Um now- now, in a couple of our conversations, because obviously we've had conversations online, uh, you're trying to get you on the show actually for ages. But um, you said you've been to the states a few times, right? Tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about some of the places you've been and why you came over. Uh, first time I came over was in 1990 with my then girlfriend, and we were there for three months. Wow! How come um, three months? That's a long time. Um, well, we were just into traveling and stuff, and. And the idea at the time was we'd, we'd try and find somewhere to, like, work for a couple of months. Because we weren't made of money, so, you know, like... So we we, we got a job in a youth hostel mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. Oh, wow. Okay. So we weren't getting paid, because obviously you can't get paid if, you were, if you're in the States. And, um, Unless it's cash, right, under the table. Yeah, and then we got to this youth hostel that was on the interstate... And the first four days we were there, in the middle of summer, there was no guests at all. <laughs> that's, and, that's great. And in a place called Randolph, New Hampshire, that had a um, population of 200. How do you end was, up there, for God's sakes? God knows. It, we just wrote to loads of youth hostels, and this one wrote back and said, you know, we're not far from Boston and bloody blah, <laughs> I ended up at this place. And it was kind of cool that we were out in the middle of the woods and and whatever. And then um, a guy from um, Australia came by and he was like going all over the place and we decided to hook up with him. And somehow, I don't remember how, but we managed to get eight weeks of like internship or whatever you want to call it at the, at the Washington DC youth hostel, oh, which okay. then tied in with my musical interests. So we were, we were there for, we had like a month traveling around at the beginning. And then the last two months we were in, in DC and saw a few gigs, but not many, uh, saw a gray matter. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Good band. And a gig at DC space. And then after that, I really wanted to go back and I did a, a teaching diploma, and then I realised that was never going to work out for me. But uh, I did this teaching diploma where they gave you a bursary every six months. So because I didn't drink and was able to live cheaply, I uh, put all my bursaries to one side, and then me and another friend came over for six months in uh, August '92 for six months. Uh, and we did the whole country, and we we did um, six weeks in D.C. again because I had contacts there. We hooked up with a guy. I used to order records from um, Blacklist in San Francisco. Not part familiar. of Maximum. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 
and I wrote to them and said, you know, like we'd come and like to come and help out. Um, has anyone got anywhere we could stay? And this guy said, yeah, you could come and stay with us for for six weeks. So we went to Oakland for six weeks at the back end of '92. Um, saw so many great bands while we were in the Bay Area. That was just incredible. So you're traveling around on a Greyhound or something, or what? Are you, were you driving? Uh, no, we. We did some greyhounds, but the main one was back then. You could get um, an Amtrak pass. For, okay, cool. For forty-five days for two hundred and ten dollars or something. And go wherever you wanted. Go wherever you wanted. So we, one time, the guy I was travelling with, he wanted to go and see Ministry, and we were in San Francisco, and Ministry were playing in Seattle. So he just went on the train, watched the gig, and came back on the train. Wow. Shit. For free, because yeah. we had these passes. Passes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did something similar. I, I had a Greyhound, but this has gone back to 83 when I was a student in the States for the first time. And we had a Greyhound pass for like a week or two weeks or something. And then we did, we did from Chicago to New Orleans. Uh, actually went through Tennessee to New Orleans, then DC, and then New York, and then back to Chicago again. So we did something similar to that. One of the other interesting things that isn't really that punk, but might relate to you, Neil, was that we... Um, I think the last week we were in um, DC. My friends from Wallacey friends, the Boo Radleys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Boo's. They yeah. were playing at uh, the Nine Thirty Club, and uh, with Sugar, they were on tour with Sugar. Oh, great band, yeah. So we went to the Nine Thirty Club and hooked up with them, and then they gave us their dates, and then we managed to like uh, go a few gigs on the tour when the train kind of coincided with where they were going so we hmm. saw them in a few dates and stuff yeah the boo radleys that was were pretty cool like boo... sort of being sort of groupies on the train around america yeah yeah the boo radleys were were big there for a for a couple of months in the in the in the mid 90s right they were they did very very well there was that one album that was uh i can't remember what it was called now but it was it did, did really well me and martin were in the cubs together <laughs> Were you, were you a Cub Scout, Tom? Did did you ever join the uh, anything like that when you were a kid? I was never a Cub Scout, but I did sort of like go to some of these like so pseudo like religious Boy Scout groups where they would teach you to tie knots, but also have Bible stories and stuff. But I never did the Boy Scout specifically, no. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of hanky pankyish. That. But I know how to <laughs> tie a square knot. I bet but it you was do. similar. Like I said, it was sort of like a religious version. You still had all the like the ridiculous like. Things that you wore in your shirt where you put your little arrowheads in there. <laughs> oh, patches and shit. Yeah, all the patches. Yeah, or little, just like little things that went in your, these bars that were like, it was like a pseudo military. Back in those days, I think everything was like a pseudo military organization, right? Yeah. Well, definitely. They were just preparing us to go die for our country. <laughs> oh, the, bo the, boy, the Boy Scouts definitely was, right, Jace? I mean, geez, that was. Uh... Well, I didn't join the, the Scouts because oh, that you were was the like Cubs. when you were about 11 or yeah, 12. Yeah, that's right. The Cubs were the younger kids. The yeah. Plunge. Yeah. And I went, nah, that, that all sounds a bit bit too much for me but the reason i joined the cubs was a probably all my mates were in it but um that's where everyone played football on a saturday okay yeah yeah saturday morning so which park uh, which, which park were you playing at um we played up at um what's that park near pulton road um so chris vos is next door neighbor chris shellcross 
his dad ran the the football team for the the Cubs, so I joined their team. Okay. I think I know which park you're talking about. It's, damn, I can't remember the name of it. It's on the tip of my tongue, Ridden but I, Slade, I think it was called. Okay, yeah. It's down somewhere like that. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we <laughs> let, let, let's get back to your, let's get back to Jeffrey Oikon and talk about the third album. Uh, I was going to say, why don't we play another song? Okay. Uh, so so this, by the time we get to the third, yeah, you didn't explain Neil that I needed to pick one song off each record. Well, you, well, we don't. I mean, we 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 keep it very free and easy because obviously it depends. <laughs> it, it depends who we talk to, right? They might only have one album out, or they might have fifteen, right? Like the band we yeah. talked to the other night has like fifteen albums, but uh, so we we don't really do that per se. But uh, I don't know. Well, you you pick the next song from the ones from ones we haven't played yet. Do you want to pick a song off this album? I can, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Sticky Wickets. Sticky Wickets is the next one. Yeah, so the the, the song that we still play off this is called Bail Jumpers. Bail Jumpers. Yes, I just just listening to this today, as a matter of fact. Uh, Tom, you remember streakers, right? I don't know if they have streakers anymore, but you remember streaking in the 70s, right? Oh, yeah, in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, where people would get uh... naked for whatever reason and... Uh, just run across the baseball field or apparently yep. the cricket field too huh yes i hope not i hope not at darts because that seems really uh, <laughs> potentially to, hazardous is a dart but uh <laughs> so jace that's what this song is about right bail jumpers yeah okay it's about it, yeah definitely about that that thing that it, it seemed like quite um um what's the word i'm after it seemed quite uh, soft at the time, you know. It wasn't really a big deal, and, and nowadays you probably get put on a sex register for doing that. Wouldn't yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> you see people. Well, people don't streak and on football games, but in the NFL, you get the occasional guy who will try running on the field or whatever, and that's not a fucking good idea because they get flattened by a two hundred and sixty pound linebacker or yeah. something. But uh, yeah. But in cricket, that's, it's that's much more refined. That's pretty entertaining, too. Oh, it is. It really is. Rarely do you see a streaker who anybody's interested in actually seeing naked. So <laughs> Yes, that's true, too. So I'll tell you what, let's listen to Bail Jumpers from Jeffrey Oikot. Take another ground and give me a fake gear. Let you back in to a hero's 
jumbo stackle. Tackle, tackle the bail, jumbo stackle. Not something that you want to unshackle. Tackle, tackle the bail, jumbo stackle. Tackle, tackle the bail, jumbo stackle. Tackle, tackle the bail, jumbo stackle. Not something that you want to unshackle. Tackle, tackle the bail, jumbo stackle. was bail jumpers so and obviously that's uh another double entendre right there or a dual meaning because uh the streaker on the cricket field is jumping over the bales but then obviously bail jumping is a criminal thing right as well so i'm assuming that's what that was meant right the double entendre yeah there. yeah there you go um so this album came out what not so long ago right 2015 okay and this was your first official one on Boss Tunage, right? Yeah. Okay. And then that uses the um, the Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers album. Oh, the sleeve, yeah. That, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. So that's what that's the album art on this one is the uh, that Rolling Stones. That was the one where they had, had like the original uh, covers had like a real fly on it or something, right? On the okay, zipper. so there's a hundred and one versions where I glued a zip to the front of the cover oh so you did the same thing all right yeah it's not as quite as technical as the rolling stones version <laughs> yeah, but... sounds pretty powerful actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't mention that it doesn't mention that on discogs funnily enough <laughs> no but yeah the first album came with a free set of darts flights if you bought it off us oh it did all right cool yeah, yeah. the second album's got a free set of cigarette cards in it Huh. Uh, the third album had a glue on sli- glue on zipper. <laughs> uh, okay, so this was yeah 2015. Let's see some of the other good titles. Oh, so I'm going to play one of these songs actually at the end. I'm going to play Robin Hood was a Yorkshireman. So, but I'm going to uh, dedicate that one to our good friend uh, Richard White because he's from uh, he's from Nottingham. And he's probably very proud of Robin Hood, so we'll play Robin Hood was a Yorkshireman towards the end there. But uh yeah. <laughs> we get your runs. We got the we get the runs. We get the runs. Another yeah, okay, another good joke right there. Um So you said you've had numerous members in the band, right? You've had people coming and going and stuff. But you're yeah. the only original member. Yeah. All right. Explain some of that. Why do people keep believing you? Uh I guess with the original lineup, it just got to the point where uh, the four of us had maybe different um, desires for where the band, what you wanted out of the band initially. Because, like you know, there was no, there was no guarantee we'd have even played outside of Leeds. You know, when we first started, and mm-hmm. you know, the drummer was and still is. If, I, I'm, the, I was the least. Uh, and still am the least best drinker out of the original lineup. And I think maybe with certain members of the band, when you were the opening band, that was kind of cool because you could like 
start drinking at seven, play at eight, and then spend the rest of the night getting drunk and it didn't really matter. Yeah. And I think for some people, like, as you got a bit further up the bill, you kind of leave certain people behind, maybe. Okay. Um, and then there's just been fallings out. And, you know, like the lineup on the Sticky Wickets album, the guitarist lived uh, an hour and a half away. And we were trying to rehearse every Monday. Yeah, it makes During it difficult. Winter, it was, yeah. you know, just really long, yeah. long, night, long nights. And he, he's, not, he's never been a particularly... Uh, Likes driving, particularly on his own. He'd be quite happy if they've had like two people in the the car with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like finishing rehearsal at ten thirty and getting home at half eleven and then going to work. I think in the end, it just took its toll on him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I've probably fallen out with a few people who've not been in the band anymore, but most of them are still like really close friends. The original guitarist lives uh, about 100 yards away from where I am at my house. He nearly bought the house next door, but one to me. We're still good friends. The original bass player rejoined on guitar and was in the band. He plays on the uh, the single that followed the, the third album and a couple of tracks on the, the fourth album. And, you know, I still go out with him regularly. Now, do you live? Do you live in? Do you live in the middle of Leeds, or do you live in like somewhere else in the in the Dales or something? No, it's it's kind of weird where we live because if you drive around the um, you know the road network, mm-hmm. you you wouldn't think that it was any really any different. But um, I live just off a main road that's called Leeds Bradford Road, but um, within thirty yards of where I am right now there's like a field that leads into the woods that leads onto the canal and the river. And the valley is very green. Mm -hmm. So I'm three miles outside of the city centre, but I, you know, can be hanging out with the squirrels and the, and the foxes and and the, the badgers and stuff. Well, see, that's true. That's very true of England, actually, Tom. As as a whole, especially up north where, where we are, like in Liverpool and and Wallasey and stuff. So we're just half hour outside of Wales, you know, in the country and stuff like that. And Leeds is another big city where it's like you know within ten minute drive or whatever, you'll be in the middle of the country. So it's. Uh, well, I can certainly relate to that. Meters, I mean, that's Grand Rapids, right? Away from here. The sheep what? 100 meters away from here. Well, there you go. Well, Grand Rapids is the same way, man. If you go east towards Lansing, there's it's just farm country. Yeah. And, you know, I'm real close to the country. I'm about five minutes from the country. Yeah. But, I'm uh, a brisk jog from the country. So I've got, like, the best of both worlds. You know, I can go out and, like, hang out and not see anyone and look at the river. And Yeah. Um, we had a dead body in the canal 100, <laughs> 200 meters away. I lost... Uh, Death's following me around at the moment. That's Whatever. Sunday morning. Everybody just went, went out and looked at it. Who it was. They <laughs> poked it with sticks. Sorry? <laughs> he said he poked it with a stick. This what I, he said, you just guys go out and look at it. Just everybody stared at the body. <laughs> look at that, it's a dead body. Yeah, we've never seen one of those before. Uh, That's true. But, yeah, I've, I've got the most, best of both worlds. You know, there's... Uh, some great music venues around here and some of them are 
I wouldn't say they're in, within walking distance because it's still like probably three miles, four miles, best part of an hour walk. But there's some, you know, and, and the city centre's really accessible and there's loads of good music venues there, you know. So it's where we are is, is ideal for for a bit of everything, really. Yeah, I love Leeds as a city too. It's actually one of my favourite cities. I, I used to love, I've got, I was at school in Manchester. So I was in Manchester for three years. And I used to love Manchester, but now when I go back, it's too congested. It's so different than it was just in the 80s, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's all built up, and I, I just don't like it anymore. It, it doesn't have the same atmosphere. But Leeds has a really nice city centre and a nice feel to it, I think. I, I like Leeds a lot. It's good. Now, what's uh, what's your local pub? What's it called? Um, the Abbey Inn. So that's the pub in the um, the video that we made for Yorkshire Blonde talking about that good hold on to that thought because we're going to play that one next so they allowed you in to do a video in there eh yeah (laughs) so it's kind of another song about misdirection so it's kind of it's kind of about women but it's also about beer yes so that's another thing. Now, especially that comes true on the on the next album, which is actually it came out last year, right? It was just a 2022 release called Carry On Oikot. And the cover of this is a piss take on the one of the one of the Oi albums, right? One of the Oi yeah, compilation the Carry albums. On Oi album, yeah, Carry On Oi. So it's it's almost identical except in the cartoon, which again is like uh, one of those old English seaside uh postcard things. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a guy. It's a, it's a husband walking in on someone who's just been shagging his wife. Except this one's a cricket player, so there's, he's 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 hiding out behind it's the door in his pants. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very good. It's very it's very well done. Whoever does the artwork for you guys does a really nice job. I have to say. Thank you. Yeah, it's all it's all good. But uh, yeah, so this next song I think that we're going to play Yorkshire Blonde. That's on that album, right? Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, so we're going to play Yorkshire Blonde next, and then you can, then we'll come back, and then you can talk it up a little bit and tell us what, tell us, tell us the joke on this one. So uh, yeah, Jeffrey, I got Yorkshire Blonde. Your 
Jeffrey Oikot there with Yorkshire Blonde. And obviously, Blonde Woman, but then you're also talking yeah. about ale, I assume, yeah? Yeah, so there's a type of beer called a Blonde. So the, the ales and have got... I mean, they're, they're in loose categories, I guess, uh, revolving around the type of hops that are used to brew the real ales. Right. So a blonde is it. It, it almost looks like a lager, but it definitely isn't a lager when you taste it. Right. Uh, so we we thought that that that's got. Well, I thought that that's got multiple meanings. So we kind of wrote a song around that, and then you mentioned Benny Hill before. So we, uh, you know, the videos on YouTube, and the idea was we kind of go to the pub, and we're getting drunk and then they run out of Yorkshire Blonde um, and now you can get ale delivered not that I've ever done anything as technically <laughs> advanced as that you're going to have to learn <laughs> so, so we got ale delivered to the pub and then when it arrives it's got the wrong name on it so they won't give us the beer and then we end up chasing the delivery driver and the delivery driver S oh it's very Benny Hill field. yeah yeah okay it, excellent to try and get the beer off them and steal the beer off them and then we're drunk at the end so it's not that complex a plot but um <laughs> it seems to go well with the song so okay that'd be great walkout music right before they go on you know before they want to play a little wacky sax or yeah a little wacky sax yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you can get hold on a second you can get, what do you mean you can get beer delivered what do you mean like just eat and uber eats you can get beer delivered Oh, to your to your house, you mean? Or to, I mean, because you yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So at like three in the morning, yeah. Like, there's apps that will bring yeah. beer to your house. Yeah, I actually did that over Christmas for the first time, because um, we had uh, my my daughter's boyfriend was was staying with us over Christmas, and I was trying to find actually it wasn't Yorkshire Blonde, but my favorite my favorite ale is uh, from Scotland. It's called well Belhaven. I'm sure you know it. Uh, yeah. And I couldn't find it in any... Bellhaven's any, best. Uh, it would, yeah, so there's the regular ale and then there's the wee heavy, right? So, um, but I was trying to find it in some of our local uh, liquor stores and I couldn't find it. So I thought I'll try this app. So I, there's an app called Drizzly. I don't know if you've ever used that, Tom, but I looked up just to see if anyone had any Bellhaven in the in the vicinity, and they did. There were some liquor stores you, in Chicago you know that I'm had not, it. You know I'm not paying. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Tom isn't particularly picky about his beer. Though. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I might only have a little bit of Scottish but it, and a little bit of Dutch, but it makes me cheap as can be, and there's no way I'm paying for that. That's a Yorkshireman, too. That's a famous Yorkshireman. Yeah, they're all very cheap as well. Very tight. Yeah, well, very I, tight. I invented my own app, and it was called Just Sup. It's called what? Just sup. And what is that? Sup as in sup in beer. Yeah, so it's a beer app, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I use this so, so I use this app and I found some some uh, liquor stores in Chicago that had uh, Bellhaven. They also had wow. some cider that I liked and we got something else as well. I can't remember now. But by the time you get it delivered it's more than drinking it at the pub, but hey, whatever, man. What makes you happy? What's difficult to find, that's the problem. You know, trying to find some of this stuff is very And it's hard. not worth driving in. City not, for. Yeah, I'm not driving to the south side just to have a pint of Bellhaven or whatever. So anyway, it was. Uh, it, I don't know if I'd do it again, but uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was an interesting experience. Mm. Anyway, so on this album, uh, you have so this was a new one, 2022, Carry On Oikot, which everyone should look at because it's it's great. Um, just listen to it today, as a matter of fact. 
So you have another one. In fact, I'm surprised you didn't pick this one because it's even more of a dirty double entendre than the than than the Yorkshire Blonde is. Give me some head. <laughs> so, yeah. So everybody that hears that just think it's probably about oral sex, but it's not. Explain what it's about. So it's not the same as the Gigi Allen song with a very similar title. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Tell them what it's about, Chase. Um. So that's about, I guess the. The differential between the north and the south is in the north, you expect your beer to have a head on the top. Yep. And in the south, they take the sprinkler off when they pull the beer and it's flat. And you get, I guess you get like, cool like a nice raw beer, but it's flat and it looks like dishwater. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so they do the thing where they take the knife and just like scrape it across the top or what? No, that's in they your... They it up all the way. Okay. No, it's it's a slightly different process, but, you know, you're pouring the, the beer, and beer automatically has a head. But sure. then maybe because beer's way more expensive down south than it is north, up north, they expect the full pint, and they maybe don't want it to be quite as effervescent, but then it just tastes <laughs> like shit. So <laughs> it, it, it obviously it's got a double meaning, and... The chorus is "Give me some head, give me some head," and that's great because obviously it sounds filthy as fuck. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's probably you, you're saying you never squared any children. That's probably best, right? Because someday you wouldn't want some like grandchild to look up in your eyes and go, "Grandpa, what does give me some head mean?" <laughs> right? Yeah, but <laughs> so we we play a. We normally play the beer festival at the Abbey Inn, where the video for Yorkshire Blonde was filmed. And I do a part-time job now, and my boss brought her kids. And I walked into work, well, I work from home, but I was in work on Monday morning, and the boss rang me up and said, I'm really glad I brought my, my son to your gig on Saturday. Why is that? Because he's been singing Give Me Some Head. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not doing it in school to his female teacher. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's another song on this one that I have to ask you about because I don't really understand it. So, Milf Oi. Obviously, we all know what a milf is in the States, right? Mom, I'd like to fuck. But this doesn't mean that. So explain the explain the double meaning on this one because I don't, I don't get this one. Okay, so um, it's it also if you read it out rather than how it's spelt, it's it also smell, spells milfoy, which is a French um, fine dining dessert. Oh, good lord! <laughs> no idea. So a milfoy is like a dessert where you've got biscuit. And then pumped caramel biscuit, and then pumped caramel and then biscuit on the top. Um, so if you watch the cookery programs, and you've got your Michelin-starred chefs, they'll be making, you know, these fancy desserts. That's one of them. Hmm. And I thought that that just sounded too big an opportunity to to miss. So we wrote a song called Milfoy, which obviously's got other connotations in there as it certainly well. Certainly does. Yes. And then, because it's about cakes, there's a there's a reference to the damned in there. So, 
threw my favourite band in there, you know, first first album sleeve. Oh, right, so, yeah. There's all sorts of references in there, you know, just for a... There's a, a Marion Faithful reference in there. If you, Holy if shit. You, if you know what I'm... If you know where I'm going about the Mick Jagger story, so... Wow, see, people think they're just a joke band, but there's actually, their lyrics are actually really deep. See, who, who knew that? And talking about baking shows, so... The last time, I think it was the last time I was home, might have been the time before that, when it was I was having a drink with my mate up in the lighthouse, um, fucking Paul Hollywood walked in. And I'd got no idea who Paul Hollywood was. Because I, have you ever, do you, do you watch the great British baking show, or Bake Off or whatever it's yeah, called, yeah. Tom? Tom, do you, do you know that show? Uh, yeah, my, my wife and daughter like it. We watch it semi-regularly. So that guy that all the ladies think is so handsome with the with the blue yeah, eyes, yeah. Paul Hollywood. Yeah, he, does have, he does have dreamy eyes. He's from Wallasey. So originally... And uh, he walked into the lighthouse and everyone was making a big fuss. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I have no idea who the hell this is. So it's just a funny aside, I guess. I had the same experience, though, because he'd been on telly for like however many years. And then my sister said to me, you know, when we used to hang out with Paul. And I went, who? She went, you know, when we used to hang out with Paul Hollywood. And I went, who? So apparently... Like in the mid '80s, I used to know him and used to hang out with him. Oh, was that right? I, wow, okay. no memory of it. But he used to go out with my sister's best friend, Nikki, hmm. um, for for two or three years, and we hung out quite a lot with him. But I don't remember him at all. <laughs> they should uh, they should get rid of that crappy classical music they play in their show and have some Jeffrey Oikot theme music. <laughs> yeah, they could play Mil play Milfoy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we're probably the first oi band to sing about. There must be at least ten topics that we're the first oi band to sing a song about them, because most oi bands obviously only have four song titles that they can four topics <laughs> yeah, that yeah. they can sing about. Otherwise, they they're getting outside their box. Yeah, what's that's that? true. Football, drinking beer, being working class, and uh, what's the fourth one? You should sort of loyalty and pride. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, you hit them, all. you hit them all. You're not allowed to be loyal and proud anymore. You're considered an extremist now if you're loyal and proud. You're not allowed to. No, it's think a working class pride, isn't it? So you're allowed that one. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, say again. Which one? Working class pride's all right. Are you sure about that? I don't know. I'd have to yeah, check. Yeah, I think so. I think you're allowed to do six albums worth of that song. <laughs> I'd have to check the punk uh, the punk handbook to see if that's still allowed. It definitely is over here, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That might be different. I, I'm afraid the soft heads have taken over punk rock over here. <laughs> I don't know who they are. But... Well, they're just humorless. You know, you're not allowed to have any fun at all. It's just this yeah. dour miserableness. Yeah, that's make, very they true. Make Ian, they make Ian McKay look like a freaking clown but he's yeah. great we love him yeah no i got nothing against it but i'm saying he's always so serious like you see those interviews he's always oh he's, i think uh, he's got a really good sense of humor so you, yeah okay. so you probably met him i was trying to think who's a good example of somebody who's just absolutely humorless and he, yeah henry rollins is, is pretty humorless but ian mckay Even henry i think has a pretty good sense of humor if you read his yeah, stuff well. ian mckay comes across that way in interviews and stuff he's not a barrel of laughs but i think if you met because because you were in dc and stuff so maybe you met him so maybe you've seen a different side of the kid you know kid <laughs> kid yeah he's like he's me. probably he's probably 55 right yeah i do you might be as old as me i have no idea um Another... He's 63 or 64, I think. Is he? Holy shit. Is he really? He, good Lord. Boy, he's aged well because yeah, he, he looks is. young. See, it's that straight-edge lifestyle, Tom. See, if you... If you... Maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another good one <laughs> on though... this... Another good title on this album is... Uh, instead of, you know, you remember the old Tube song, White Punks on Dope? 
Oh white, yeah, yeah. So they have a song. They have a song on here called "Dope Punks in Dope Punks in White" because obviously there cricket, you you're dressing, you're dressing white all the time. So I always wanted to write. I always wanted to write one called "Yeah, White Dopes on Punk." But I never got to it. There you go. And there's another great song on here called Chaos UK, which actually is a pretty much straight ahead punk song, right? Which talks huh. about all the shit we went through in the seventies. That's actually a really well, I good said song. I listened to the, I listened to the Chaos record. OK. Yeah, Chaos OK. Yeah, I've listened to the record a couple of times, but I was not in a position where I was like following the lyrics real carefully. And honestly, like I said, it just sounded like an oil album, like a well done oil album. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So you you guys do all dress in white when you're on stage, right? You have your stage yeah. outfit. Yeah. Oh, like the addicts. Is that an addicts thing? No, no it's a it's a cricket thing. Cricket, we we dress like oh, cricket, cricket players. Thing. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, I'm so ignorant to cricket. No, even forget though, my, even my cricket ignorance. Even though, Tom, we branded Jeffrey Oycock cricket tops. Huh. Oh, you do. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great, great nickels. Is that what it is? Gun and more. Slazenger. I think they're Slazenger. They are. Okay. Yeah. It, I was always sad to see that uh, some of the great cricket brands from the seventies when I was when I was playing a lot, like Duncan Fernley and stuff. You just don't see that stuff anymore. They're all still about, to be fair. They're just not sponsoring any of the any of the big players. Yeah, the I guess players. like what happens because like Gray Gray Nichols are still um, quite big and Gun and Moore, and 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 some of the cricket bat uh, makers who are really just basically glorified people making them in their sheds like Stuart Sturridge and stuff like that mm-hmm. they're still out there but obviously like everything Adidas come along and um, uh, Nike and whatever and they just take over don't they that is so funny that you've that you've said it the, the English way so Tom in England and I have this argument with my nieces all the time in England they say Nike they don't say Nike and I just, it just, that that drives me crazy so for I some wonder, reason. But it, okay, so, but it's named after the, like a Greek or a Roman god, god or something, right? Yeah. How's that pronounced? So is it Nike? Yeah, no, it's Nike. It's just like Aphrodite. Like Aphrodite huh. isn't. We're just, just illiterate. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone says Nike and it takes me a second to think, to figure out what they're talking about. Mm. Yes. It doesn't matter it, how you pronounce Adidas it. Adidas is long wrong as, as well. What is it? Adidas is wrong because it's, the, it, the guy was called Ad, Adi Dazzler. That's right. So it should be Adidas, yeah. Adidas, listen, yeah. Listen, we don't care about these paisons, paisons right? <laughs> He's German, mate. <laughs> was he German? Yeah. So oh, him and his right, brother, man. him and his brother but, uh, fell out. Yep. And Adi did Adidas and his brother did Puma. Puma, yeah. See, you say that funny too. Puma, Puma. I don't See, know. And then you've got you've got John Smith, and then his brother fell out with him, and he became Sam Smiths, and they made beer as well. Oh wow! Oh. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it's it's Both funny. Tancaster in Yorkshire. My son Neil, you know, my younger son is such a huge uh, Rafael Nadal fan. Okay. Is, is it that he all he wears is Adidas? Like he won't wear Nike. Only only Adidas. Hmm. Um, me, I like Puma because it's like more under the radar. Like I have some Puma stuff, but I wouldn't, I don't wear Nike or Adidas, but I know the Adidas. I'm I'm all about the Ben Shermans and the Brutus and the, oh yeah, that's Perry's me. There you go. You got your 70s skinhead thing going on. I'm too too cheap for the Ben Shermans and I have like 5,000 t-shirts in my closet. So that's definitely the American punk rock outfit. I I do like the, that type of shirt too. But I definitely am more the American uh, Ramones, bare bones, you know, leather jacket, uh, T-shirt kind of a thing. See, it's funny how much Fred Perry's are these days. 
Oh yeah, dude, those the the nice Ludicrous. like shirts are crazy. Because yeah. I mean, they used to be tennis shirts. I mean, Fred Perry was a tennis player, and they used to be tennis shirts, and they used to be like nine ninety nine, something like that. Just he like went Doc- to school in Wallasey as well, you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. He did. Fred Perry did. Yeah. You're well, right. and unfortunately too, you get these freaking kids that are such pukes they have no idea of the history of anything they just assume you're a racist if you're wearing x kind of shirt yeah it's so annoying honestly yeah it is no no understanding of history at all and just quick to make judgments and go online and accuse someone of whatever you know silly well, it's the same as Doc Martens, too. Doc Martens used to be... They, they'd, only be worn, they'd only be worn by uh, policemen and fucking milkmen and stuff. We used to wear Doc Martens yeah. in the 70s. And they were nineteen. They, they were dollars I'll say they're so expensive now. Yeah. And now Cheapest ones are 100 bucks, and they're not real comfortable, honestly. No, they were nineteen ninety nine for a whole decade, you know. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can remember in school, so this was... was they, this... Were, they were never that cheap here, though, I got to say. They were always kind of expensive here. That's why we all wore the Vietnam leftover jungle boots. <laughs> I can't remember if it was if it was St George's uh, or if it was another school, but um, everyone thought the teacher was cool because he used to come to school in Doc Martens. So everyone <laughs> thought everyone thought the teacher must be kind of hard because he was wearing. Doc Did he have Martins. a shaved head and suspenders? <laughs> no, he did. He had long hair. Oh, that would have been much cooler. Been yeah. much cooler. <laughs> yeah, but everyone gave you him. Really credit. Had to, in, when I went to uh, Mosslands, you really had to dumb down. Doctor Martens were pretty much banned. Oh, is that right? But I always wore them, the shoes. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have been allowed in in a pair of boots. Um, and there was definitely a minimum hair length. Because most, most of the punks in our school uh, in the day would have had hair that just looked a bit crap, but then they all soaked it up at night and stuff. Hmm. So Okay, so that's... Okay, Once so again, that's, that's, that's different You couldn't shave your head. I can't you imagine a minimum hair all. length. You'd have been huh. kicked out of school for having a shaved head. So the, here's wow. here's the difference. So if, even though you know there's probably only four years between me and Jace. So, but high school, I first went to high school to Mel's in '76, and everybody had long hair. So everybody had long, greasy, fucking straggly hair and flares and stuff like that because you know punk Ugh. hadn't hadn't Sounds changed horrible. it. It hadn't changed everything yet, right? So sure. I was I was the first one in Mel's to get my hair cut short. And, everyone, and it was just a side part. It was a side part I got done in Liscard at some barber shop up a back alley in Liscard. And it wasn't particularly radical or anything. It was just a Not a Jed's, was it? It was. It was Jed's. It was. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> That's too funny. But yeah, I got it I got it cut there. And it, you'd, think I, you'd think I'd come in looking like David Bowie or something. Everybody the next day was just like, you know, some kids wanted to batter me. Some kids thought it was cool and stuff. But it was uh, it was so different then. But then you're That's saying, when the rumors started going around that Neil was gay, 1976. <laughs> That's when it started. No, no it, hadn't be, it, it hadn't been invented then. There was no such thing as that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then when you went to high school, so obviously it was it all changed by then because that was like 1980 or something when you went, right? Yeah. So it would all it had all changed by then because then that was what was in fashion was everyone was in straight legs and short hair and stuff. So yeah, just those few years, everything changed. Well, it's, it's yeah. funny because here it was always acceptable. You could you have a very very short haircut. It just means your dad probably cut your hair. Like it was the it was kind of the opposite. Like long hair was always sort of looked down on but yeah you could definitely we're gonna have a you could have your hair short but nobody was gonna care oh i think the button no tom because like i said punk didn't take you know here's the thing with the united states versus england you know i think punk influenced the entire country of england in the united states it it had its effect in pockets of it but it wasn't like a 
a countrywide phenomenon. You know, it was just too big of a country and there's too many pockets. Yeah, when I came to the States in 83, first time, everyone had long hair. I mean, it was pretty much a surfer look. It was like shoulder length or whatever, but it was very... Oh, dude, when, we... I got, when, I, when I got married in the mid-90s, my hair was very, very long. It was almost to my belt in the back. Yeah, so again, I, there, was, there was hardly I anybody... Like a wild Indian. There was hardly anybody with short hair when I came in 83, and at least, yeah. at least at U of I. It wasn't like New York or anything. It was down in rural Illinois or whatever, but um, you know, we stood out again because we had short hair, so that's what it reminded me of being in England in 77 when I first came over in 83. I, you know what? If I if I had, I don't know that I'd ever grow my hair long again, Neil, but I wish I still had the choice. <laughs> I, I wish that. I still had the choice. I get that completely. I mean, I could. I'd go for the Gallagher look, right? Just like, oh God. like, a, like a monk. Just like bald on top, bald in the back. Didn't he just die? Didn't I read that recently? The no, doc- that was David Crosby. They looked the same. <laughs> I swear that Gallagher died. I swear he did. Which would you rather do, Deal? Listen to Crosby, Stills, and Nash or watch the guy smash watermelons with a big hammer? Jesus Christ. That's a that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um all right, I'm sorry. We're, we're, I'm, I'm distracted. Yes, yeah, so. let's get back. Let's get back. Okay, so the next let's song. Play a song. Get back yeah, the next track. song we're going to play song. is Fanny ba- Fanny Batter on a Sticky Wicket. Um, oh boy, Jace, you no, have to. No Americans going to have any idea what that's about. No, you have to. You have to explain both meanings of this one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at himself. That's a good sign. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> well, I think in the U.S. A fanny is the other end of the yes. woman. Fanny is part. Yeah, fanny is a is a girl's ass. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically, like pu- pussy batter on a sticky wicket, but it's kind of uh, kind of fanny batter. Also, sounds like the the name of a female cricket player. And uh. sticky, a sticky wicket's like uh, it's like a, a cricket pitch whereby. Um, there's probably not much because you know in cricket the ball has to bounce so or generally bounces not like baseball so if the ball is kind of getting stuck in the ground not literally but it's kind of slowing up to a certain extent like if the ground if the pitch is wet or something you know if the pitch is a bit wet or something yeah Mm. yeah so, so going going back to that you've just hit the nail on the head you've got like pussy batter and wetness Always good when I'm more confused after the <laughs> explanation. But it's it's got that good uh, alliteration, right, with the I sound. So the sticky wicket. I always I like words like that that have the uh, – or is that onomatopoeia? Whatever. Have the same sound. I like that. So, yeah, so fanny – so to explain that one again. So a fanny in England means uh, a lady's front uh, – <laughs> Oh, it's her front. Yes, in England it is. In, in England it is. In in the states it's in the state it's the ass. So right? was Fanny Farmer English or American? Because it makes a lot of difference now. <laughs> Who's Fanny Farmer? I don't know who that is. Unless she sold that crappy candy. There was a a Dutch runner called Fanny Schmeller. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. That's funny in several languages. Yes. It, it transcends. So now Fanny Batty, Fanny Fanny Batty, Fanny Batty. Gary Batty on a sticky wicket, uh, Fanny Batter on a sticky wicket. The, I guess it works on any number of levels, or or doesn't, but it still sounds funny. It's kind of an appreciation of women's cricket, anyway. So, although go. it sounds like it's got a really stupid, sexist title, it's written as an appreciation of the female 
version of cricket. There you go. All right. So let's listen to that right now. Fanny batter on a sticky wicket. Try saying that fast five times. Jeffrey, I got coming at you. <laughs> Jeffrey, I got Fanny Batter on a sticky wicket. Sticky, ugh. yeah, sticky wicket. That's not nice. Um, all right, so that came out last year, and how did that album do for you? Did it sell well? Doing good? Yeah, it did okay. That out that that was actually um, on a single from 2016. So the 2016 lineup, which included the original bass player as the guitarist. We were aiming to do an album, but um, the guy who'd rejoined us, the original bass player, um, he was also in another band, but they were more of a kind of project band because two of the guys lived five hours away. Hmm. 
And then for a variety of reasons, both those guys moved back to Leeds. So he decided he couldn't, because he, he also runs a shop, he runs a punk rock record store in Leeds called Noises for Heroes. So he, he, it, it was inevitable he was going to have to choose between the two the two bands. And the other band was his band, whereas I guess Jeffrey Oikot felt like it was my band. So he... He stepped aside, so we'd only kind of done we'd done a single and we'd done a couple of songs for the album, but um, uh, the the single the three the three song single the uh, I guess it's listed on Discogs as Incredible Shrinking Dicky Birds, mainly because that song was really a lot longer, so it had to be the on one side of the single, but really Fanny Bat on the Sticky Wickets is the the lead song off that single. And the artwork for that one, Tom, is from the incredible Shrinking Dickies. Except it's got a, it's got a guy being pierced by a cricket wicket instead of the pencil ah, or whatever it. it is on the yeah, yeah on the yeah. on the Dickies on the Dickies record. And then we've got the um what's she called? The, the Rita the Riveter or whatever she's called on the other side. Rosie, yeah. Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. In the w- on that's the other right. Side, so. Yeah, oh, she's dismissed. Yeah, oh, she's wearing. The, yeah, okay. She's got a Jeffrey. Yeah, that's so, so now we, the Rosie of the River is a very American thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a was that English war propaganda too? No, but um, you know we're into like strong women and women's rights and that's Fanny Batter for you. And they're various <laughs> they're various sticky parts. So so yeah, <laughs> making something that like sounds like a really sexist song go with something that's about strong women. Uh, kind of appealed to me, so see, he's actually uh, a feminist at heart. See, everybody, exactly, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm so, sorry, so that, feminists that's... are allowed to have a sense of humor too, right, Neil? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that song is from seven years ago, and that's the only song on on the on that single that we're still playing. And then when we got the new guitarist in, and he's kind of made that song work for him as well. So I think the, the version you just played is the uh, original version, but that's on the new album as well. So um, there's two versions of that, but but it's it's a great song. And we yeah. still play that a lot live, so. There you go. Yeah, and it's fun to say as well. So uh, talking about other bands and stuff, so what other bands do you enjoy playing with or what other bands do you recommend that some of our mainly American listeners uh, give, a, give a listen to? Oh, um... I wish you'd asked me that in advance. <laughs> that would have been me homework. Yeah. Um, Everybody hates that question. You're not the only yeah, one. Yeah, they do. Yeah, every time I ask it, people get upset by it. So maybe I'll stop asking that one. Uh, well, how about Hung, how about Hung Like Ken Ratty? Do you like those guys? You're friends with those guys? Friends with Al. Um, don't really know their stuff. Seen them live a few times. They're, they're a decent band. They're, they're one of the bands that are doing really really well at the moment in the uk they play a lot of bigger bigger gigs a lot bigger than us now they are they are, uh, they are truly a comedy band those guys they uh, they're good i like what, them a lot they but a, they're funny they get on a lot of the big festivals though too i they see do. their name yeah, all yeah, yeah. they've got have like you, they've got like a proper manager and stuff you know, uh, have you guys ever like do you guys play the, like that stuff i mean you are you uh like could you play a rebellion or something like that or is that not we've, something we've that's played, happened yet we played 11 rebellions on the trot <laughs> there you go 
that one. We played left. the last two Rebellion Amsterdams, but we've not. We got told in 2019 that we'd have to miss a year after 11, which seemed fair, but then for whatever reason, we're not. Um, we don't know if we're going to play this year or not yet. So hopefully, so you're playing. So that's something like that. You're playing for big audiences. You're not playing some pub. You're playing. That's a good crowd, right? We we've never played the biggest stage, but we've played um, all the other second biggest stages they've ever had, and we've had a full room every time we've played. So it's still a couple thousand people. Oh, easily, yeah. Wow, that's great. But we still play to like seven people at the end of the road, you know, same as a lot of punk bands. You know, hmm. it's hard putting your own gigs on that. That one gig is is kind of the biggest thing by a long chalk in the UK. Yeah, it's probably more probably more fun to see him with the seven people at the little local pub, though. You know, that's the thing, right? Instead well, of the huge crowd. Like I say, at the beer festival at the end of the road, the first time I'd ever seen a woman lick my cricket bat while i was on stage you know is that a, also is it, a metaphor i was gonna say is that a metaphor as well or is, has she actually licked your i wish nickels? it was <laughs> it's a gun and more actually oh it's a gun and more all right yeah i was a like i said i was a duncan fernley guy i also like county that was another one brand i like too um so no no other bands you want to you want to push huh well <laughs> that's great i'm just trying to think of like local leads bands uh, but but none of them are particularly bands. So there's a band um, that I went to see last week who are good friends of mine. Um, and if you know the sort of Blythe Power, Zounds mm-hmm. kind of vibe, it's another ba- Eastfield. It's another band like uh, with a train theme called Indignation Meeting. Okay. And it's a family band. So it's a guy who's similar age to me and his 14-year-old son who plays drums, writes all the songs and plays drums and trumpet at the same time. Okay. If you've ever seen that. No, sounds Um, odd. They're pretty pretty cool. They've just put out an album called Trouble in the Shed. Um, It's a bit of a half-man, half-biscuit. Okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah. They're all themed going on there as well. So there's lots of half-man, half-biscuit references in there as well. Uh, another Leeds band I really like called the Swindells. Swindell, that's a uh, great name. Yeah, it sounds like a garage band, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Definitely a sort of street punk oi band there. I think they've just re-released all their three albums and and they they were trying to put out a fourth album, but the recording didn't work out for them, so they're, they're going to re-record their fourth album and release it. Um, but their third album... Fear is the Fear is the Gun is fantastic. Um, uh, the King Crows were another Leeds band. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to ask you about the King Crows because I got turned down to them. We have one of our listeners is from Leeds, and he turned me onto the King Crows, and I King I played Crows I played him on another show, uh, one of our other shows, and they were yeah they're great. Yeah, really good band. Um, and then I don't know further afield. I'm trying to think, Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies from. Liverpool. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen them getting a lot of publicity too. Yeah, yeah. So okay, no, th- that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to know if there was anyone. Kitchen core, uh, knockoff. Who you probably know. I don't actually. Watford, really? They've done like five or six great albums. 
they're really good. Um, now there's so many ba- there's so many bands over Gimp here. Fist. That it's tough to oh Limfist, yeah, yeah. Oh no, Gimp, Gimp Fist, right? Gimp Fist, yeah. Gimp Fist are fantastic. There's there's loads another of one I see on all the festival. Gimp Fist is another one I see on all the festival lineups. Like, they must be Disco, pretty... You must know those guys. Yeah. In fact, someone mentioned them. Uh, a guy from the McCrackens just mentioned them the other day. Um, yeah, I, I once again, these are bands. Gimp Fist, Dirtbox Disco. I literally have never heard any of these bands, but I see them on these big festival lineups, like towards the they top play of the to, bill. They, they're like, you know, bands that came out at the same time as us. And huh. at Rebellion, they're doing like, well, Dirtbox are constantly on tour. But when they play at Rebellion, they're playing in the biggest room. And they're getting like a, you know, like a bigger response to a lot of the old bands. Hmm. A lot of people go and watch the old bands, but you know they 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 set the set the the ballroom alight. They really do, you know. It's you know fantastic new music played by older guys. It's you know it's it's kind of great. You know it's nice that a few bands can break through because that is the hardest thing about being a band in the UK is that uh, everything's so American centric in terms of like you know. You, You've got all your big festivals over there, and those bands can get massive by just playing like that festival uh, rotor around the around North America, can't you? And then then they all come over here and whatever, and then we're yeah. just like support bands if we're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, but it's funny though because the bands, a lot of the bands that come over there. And I see them at the top of the rebellion bill. They're bands that are essentially club bands to us that we have a lot of opportunity to see. The big draw for me going to rebellion would be seeing those old English bands that never come over here anymore. Even though I know it seems like every one of them loses one more member every year. By the time I finally get over there, they ain't have much left. But yeah, but uh, yeah, the appeal to me of going to rebellion is seeing all the old English bands, not the bouncing souls. I mean, I can see them at you know the Metro or whatever. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, in fact, they even though the those bands thing, yeah. seem to draw really well among that English crowd. But once again, it's a scarcity thing, right? Yeah, and I think it's quite nice because, um, I mean, not, some of those bands are bands I know, and some of them are bands I'm aware of more than being a fan of. But it's that thing that if you're at a festival and you you know. <laughs> Say so, you know you're going to go and see the Stranglers and Sham 69. If you're going to go and say, well, I've never seen um, Good Riddance and Bouncing Souls, if those were two bands you, you fancy checking out, they're just there, there for you, aren't they? And then there's going to be people who who are more into those bands than the, the Stranglers and Sham and have gone to see those bands. So it's it's kind of cool, you know, it's, you can get to see get to see bands that you wouldn't otherwise get to check out yeah that's the beauty that's the beauty of it as well yeah they have so many old bands new bands bands from all over i think it's uh i think it's great i'm i'm gonna try and get over there this year so if i do um we'll definitely have to hook up at some point because i definitely want to come to leeds and i don't know if, are you going to rebellion this year uh i'll be in blackpool you will definitely okay the bat is the, so you don't know if the band's playing but you'll be there anyway right but you can you know you're always welcome to stay here if you want well, there you Jeez, that's nice, because I don't have a place to stay in Wallasey anymore. Well, my brother, I guess, but, uh, you know, we just sold my mum's house just not so I can't long ago. Sell, so. I can't get you a place. I can't get a place to stay in Wallasey, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, my sister's got just got, well, in the last few years, she's got a couple of really uh, timid cats. And I've what, got are you frightened of cats? 
I've got a lurcher that last time we went tried to eat both her cats. Yeah, you're not so allowed. I can't stay at my sister's and my dad's too old now. So he, he That's won't. all right. Neil's really uh, gentle with cats. He's kind of the crazy cat lady of the... Uh, yeah, I love cats. Stay with my daft dog, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh i don't know uh, so so I, I mean i guess we should thanks for your time today we should we should probably wrap this up um so any upcoming uh releases or where can people get your stuff if they want to if they want to find out more about jeffrey oikot the glory well, that is on youtube and, and whatever um and um boss does it does do the mail out but the mail order but the um if you heard of that thing that there's a, been a cyber attack and none of the mail can go to Europe, I'd heard all. that. Yeah, right. I'd heard that that been ha- happened in England. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So is what? What is the no mail going out internationally at all? Only. Shit. Well. <laughs> okay. It's good to know. No more ordering records from England, yeah. I guess, huh? Yeah. Now, do you have do you have merchandise? Do you have like T-shirts and stuff we could buy online yeah, if we wanted? Do got all the usual stuff and. There's a sale. I don't even actually bother sending stuff abroad anymore because uh, we get so, so little interest, unfortunately. I think well, the it's so, thing it's so expensive to ship. Yeah, because we're niche. Well, maybe yeah. now, maybe now you won't be so much because uh, you know you have a lot of a lot of our listeners now. At least we'll be aware of you guys. So uh, and hopefully they've they've enjoyed some of the stuff that we've that we've. Yeah, I mean we've, we've been on a today. couple of like international like oi compilations. We were on. Um, one of the um, Pirates Press ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess this is I4, I think we were on. Okay. With some other great bands. I think maybe Bishop's Green were on there. and mm-hmm. I can't remember who else, but yeah, there's, um, there are tracks out there. And like I say, if you want to check us out on YouTube, we should probably really do a band camp thing, shouldn't we? Yeah, you should be on Bandcamp for sure. Yeah, because Bandcamp will actually get you a little money. Yeah, and the, McCrack- the McCrackens actually were just talking about how good Bandcamp has been for them. They didn't think it would be either, but then they did it, and they said it's been really good for them. So, yeah, you guys probably should, because the only track, I was checking it out today, the only track you guys have up on Bandcamp is that one from the Pirates Press. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the only one. Yep. So that was Bail Jumpers, was it? Yeah, Bail, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 What so, you need to do is kick one of these codgers out of your band and get a young guy who can do all that crap on the computer. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. There you go. <laughs> Every time we get a young guy in the band, it turns out to be worse than the rest of us. So, so here's a, here's a funny thing. I've I've been trying to get Jace to talk up his, uh, you know, where we can buy his stuff from, and so far we've got nothing. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you Google Jeffrey Oikai, spell spell it for him, Neil, because it's a. It's the G spelling of Jeffrey. It's it's the yeah. It's G E O F F R E Y, and then Oikot is obviously O I exclamation C O T T, right? So if you Google yeah. that, I'm sure you'll come up with some stuff. Yeah. Well, in the UK, you can buy our stuff on Amazon and and whatever, but okay. I don't know if it's if it's there on Amazon in the U in the US. I'll tell I'll you in a minute. To, I'll have to look. Yeah, I'll look that up. But uh, yeah, because I, would, I wouldn't mind a Jeffrey Oikot t-shirt. That would be all right. L- loving cricket as I do. That would that would but be all right. If you come over, you know, we can probably sort you out with a with a Prezi or two, can't we? So definitely, I'm definitely coming over this year. I'm going to come over probably late July, early August. So I'm planning. I'm planning at least one day at Rebellion. Get up to Blackpool, as crappy as it is. Um, but I'll definitely try and be in Leeds as well because I love Leeds so much that uh, we'll definitely try and do that. And, I'm, and if I do go to Leeds, I'm going to look up the Abbey Inn. I'm going to look up your local. 
So we'll have to. Uh, what's your favorite tipple, by the way? What What's your favorite beer? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Yorkshire Blonde. The okay. what brewery? Uh, Salter. Okay. All right. So I see. Okay, so I'm on Amazon right now. The Great Evil Amazon. They have digital versions of your songs, but I don't see any LPs. Oh, okay. And no merch. At least either, not right? on this side. On this side of the pond, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. We left all that stuff to the record label, and I guess they have... I mean, I think he used to do stuff with no idea, but I'm not sure that still exists. Well, so. this is a good label. They might have American... They, they, I'm sure they have some American distribution if you do a they little... They used to. Hmm. But I think, like, like a lot of stuff, you know, with the recession and stuff, people are, like, cutting back on what they're ordering and whatever. Not Neil and I. We're going right to the poorhouse. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're keeping these places in business. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who are you guys listening to at the moment that I should be aware of? It's funny. Like, like the bands, a lot of the bands we love this year, I, I bet you, I like, there's a band called Ravagers from Baltimore that we both really love, kind of doing like a punk and roll thing, but I don't know that you'd have a real good time finding them in UK either. Yeah. A uh, band from Chicago called the Poison Boys, who we love, who were doing who were doing the punk rock and roll thing. Obviously, Susie Moon. Uh, we're we're big fans of of Susie Moon. We've been to see her. Yeah, numerous we times. played with them in Blackpool last yeah. July. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, a there's another Pirates band, uh, an old like kind of street punk band from Atlanta that I really love called uh, Antagonizers ATL. They tour once in a while. They do kind we of. We were a... supposed to be playing with them February 19, and obviously that got no uh, match. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were coming over like about a week after um, COVID hit, and so they their tour never happened. See, Neil, it's not fun to be put on the spot, is it? Because we both listen to tons of new bands, but when we have to start listing, all of a sudden it's like. Well, the Drowns, the Drowns are another yeah, one, but cool. yeah, they played Rebellion. Yeah, but they, they, I saw they, them. They actually play in the UK. They were great. Yeah, they actually yeah, play they in play the UK more, and they play the USA. Yeah, they do. They're close to it. <laughs> it's very annoying, actually. Yeah, I mean, I like a few of the the younger bands like a lot of that young stuff kind of washes over me but i, I like bob villain and oh, oh don't, no. even, don't even get don't me started, started on the fucking bob villain. villain don't even get me started on that bunch of twats <laughs> no for fucking um, it's funny because when you talk with these younger bands a lot of them are like 40 you know <laughs> it's not like they're like that bob yeah, villain I, really I think they're a bit younger Ambulance, yeah, this is a good and the chats i really like as well so they're, okay. they're about they're really the young. ones from that sort of um 20 something sure. demographic that that i'm into there you go all right neil let's let, let's let him have some peace i mean it's yes yeah, it's, so, it's, it's 10 o'clock for him yeah i was gonna say it's bedtime in the uk yeah no it isn't no oh, hey you're old you're, you're old like me mate what you should be in bed my by missus now. hasn't come home yet and i i've 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 had five beers so there might be another if nothing else you're gonna have yourself. to go take a piss yeah well, for me, my, my did you not notice when I went on mute? I was wondering what that was about. Yeah, that's Tom. That's that's normally Tom's trick. That so he just lets us just lets us talk. That's good. That's for days. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Everybody, check out Jeffrey Oikat. Yeah, we're gonna play out with a song. Uh, this is the one dedicated to Richard White. So this one's actually called Robin Hood. It was a Yorkshireman. So oh, uh, there we go. yeah. So that's that. That one's gonna be for Richard. But that's the one we didn't play was Dartitis, which is probably the best track off the new album. Well, maybe well, maybe I'll put both of them back to back then at the end there, Dartitis and then Robin Hood. Um, 
but yeah jace thanks for your time mate thanks for coming on appreciate yeah appreciate it. talking to you man it was just it was an enjoyable conversation yep and we will uh if i do come over this summer i will definitely be in touch and uh, hopefully we can hang out and uh, sink a pint <laughs> or two and that's about that's all i can handle absolute these days. bollocks <laughs> what is no, us we can talk absolute bollocks. Oh yeah, for again. sure. No, we could, dude. I could have done. I could have done this for four hours, just talking for two yeah. hours about our schools, our school experiences when we were kids. But uh, yeah, we'll save we that for another time. Mentioned Sam Bradshaw, have no, we? No, no, we haven't. Uh, <laughs> we might <laughs> have to talk about what kind of what kind of shoes you wore to school and the uh, yeah. The... Tom, you don't realize you, you you know you think I'm a big softy, but the schools we went to, Jesus Christ, it was like fucking reform school. It was like something from Tom Brown's school days. <laughs> well, apparently the, it didn't do any good. Apparently it didn't do any good for either of you. <laughs> so. I guess not. It did. Yeah, I've traveled the world on all this shit. You know, that's true. That's yeah, true. See? I'm just yeah, but you ain't reformed. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all we'll right. save that. We'll save that one for another time. Uh, right. Jace, thank oh, you. Man. Um, yeah thanks man welcome guys anytime cool and uh yeah so we will uh keep a little mark in your heart stay free smile later smile later everybody bye bye always bat with a straight bat that's what i say there you go yeah keep your bat straight and keep off the sticky wicket yeah (laughs) may your arrows fly through good god i thought we were trying to get into the sticky wicket (laughs) we are Uh, it depends on the sticky wicket uh (laughs) all right see you everybody bye bye (laughs)
that brings us to the end of another show hope you enjoyed it remember keep a little mark in your heart and we'll be back the same mark time same mark channel that's it man game over man it's game over ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated good night what a fucking rotter What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.